banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world. But in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out $2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks. And the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at 720-605-3900. Be sure to tell him Pete Santilli sent you. Silver produced a harmonic structure on November 30th, 2023, and this composite shows its progression to $22.14 per ounce on January 22nd, 2024. breaking out down, but the downside uh, goes down how far? Well, this would be reaching the full harmonic down here. Right. And that would be right around $22 an ounce. So again, if you if we hit this full downside harmonic and people are looking to pick up some silver, that would be a reasonable spot to do so because yeah. about 80 to 90% of the time, right, we can foresee that once it gets to this harmonic, full harmonic objective, the, the energy's been released and this market's probably gonna bounce or trade sideways for a while. Yep. So your chances of getting burned buying silver at 22 go way down, right? They go way down. So if we get this $22 an ounce, you know, it, it, for, the, for those of you waiting on the sidelines, that might be a spot where you take a look and say, you know, this might be, might be the time to look for some silver. In the meantime, you know, we're just watching the zone, right? Can we hold up in here? And then if we get back below this halfway. Oh, you, know. you know what I want to do? I want to watch that really close. Yeah. Okay. Let's do and that. guess let's what? Keep... I want to, I'm going to buy silver. I'd love to see this thing get down to the full downside objective at $22.14 an ounce, right, in the spot market, because we would have, we would, it gives us clarity, right? It gives us a decision point. We can see, like, what is it going to do at this harmonic level? If it stays above it, okay, that's bullish silver. If it gets below it, right, that would be bearish silver. So here we go. Let's take a quick look at this, right? So here's our active harmonic signal. Again, this is shorter time frame. This isn't like what we were looking at. The other stuff was monthly, but look at silver selling off today, right? It's almost down at its halfway harmonic right here. So again, you know, but remember, looking at the big picture perspective, okay, it's on, it's above its converging triangle. If it holds this level, we can make a case for silver, right, to the upside long term. But if it breaks below, you know, this 22.14, that's the big level down here, a full downside harmonic. If it gets down there, that's a good spot to potentially buy. But if it gets below there, then you know that you're wrong and get out. So it was completed on the downside. And you know, and look what we had yesterday, a bounce right back to the seven eights. So if it spends some time down here, we'll have to see what silver does. Let it pop through this 22.14, which was our target uh, right there. I think you can see that. Maybe I'll slide over. Let's make sure you can see it. So there was 22.14 an ounce, $22.14 an ounce. We got this bounce. We're going to watch and see the reaction. We're going to keep track of this because, again, this gives us something to lean against as we go forward, right? So we have the NASDAQ, we have that silver, two the markets that have completed now. Now we're waiting to see on the Dow and the S&P if those can complete. That's going to give us uh, a little bit more to lean on, and then we'll start looking at bond markets. 
And guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the inaugural episode of Market Ultra on LFA TV. Listen, if my first episode on the Pete Santilli show, I said, if I sound excited, I really, really, really am excited. I swear to you. Those were the first words I spoke uh, December 18th of, uh, it was December 18th, 2011. Episode number one. I said, if we sound excited, we really, really are. And there, there was no we. I had a mouse in my pocket. There was nobody listening at all. It was the first episode. When I pushed play, I was the only one listening back. And I was really, really excited. And I'm really excited about that right there. Market Ultra. Morning financial news. Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Exclusively on here. Now, of course, we send a feed to uh, Lindell TV come 8 o'clock. Uh, we will always do that. I don't want to, of course. Um, I will always be loyal to Mike Lindell and his efforts. But exclusively on Rumble, LFA TV. Uh, and it is Pete Santilli and Craig Winklewitz, uh, sir. Yeah, so for the past, what, month and a half, uh, we, we've been piecing together this. It's not an experiment. It's actually an improvement upon us. It's kind of like this is the birth of true independent media, you know, production compared to what we see on Bloomberg, CNBC, um, other other financial shows that are certainly not beholden to a the truth and b the people. So, well, let's say that it's an independent media uh, uh, shift in the financial markets. We're going to take a look at the news and we're going to take a look at the quote unquote the charts. We're going to analyze stuff in a way that's very very different from what you're seeing uh, in the mainstream. The mainstream, uh, and I always say this, people laugh at it when I say. Uh, basically, if you're listening to Craig, uh, uh, what's his name, Kramer, Jeff, uh, Jim Kramer over at CNBC, do the exact opposite. But he's going to be speaking of what is in the mainstream that's already made it to the, you know, the visual spectrum, the, you know, the, the open market. Um, and what he's saying to you and what he's pushing uh, in this pump and dump scenario, you're going to want to do the exact opposite. So, uh, Craig, welcome. Uh, welcome after we've been kicking the tires and, and experimenting and really honing in our skills to serve our listening audience. And we call it market ultra for a reason, right? Yeah. Good morning, Pete. Good, good morning. morning, audience. What's up? Yeah. Great to be here. February 1st, uh, way to kick it off. The, um, yeah. Why is it that Kramer, why do we want to do the opposite? That's the question, right? You know, it sounds crazy. You know, if you watch him, you say, yeah, he's wrong a lot, but why is that? And that's the question. Is it intentional? Is it an accident? Mm. You know, uh, you'll see these guys come on, right? And they try to cover the markets, but ultimately, who are they working for? And <laughs> that's the question. You know, that's the ultimate question. Same and thing. that really boils it back. Same thing with doing this. I'm sorry to interrupt. Same thing with the mainstream media. Who are they working for? Well, you, you, the best way to find out who they're working for is when they cut to a commercial. Big Pharma. You watch Fox News. I mean, it's it's so difficult to watch Fox News. Jesse, who is it? Jesse Waters. No, even um, who's their number one guy, that Greg Gutfeld guy? You ever tune in? It's a great show. Uh, but he, he does like 12 minutes of Big Pharma ads, and then he does three minutes of his shtick. 
it's all big pharma. I mean, I literally just want to start poking myself with, you know, diabetes medication by the time I'm watching, you know, Gutfeld, right? Yeah. And we can tell you that will be different, but I think the biggest thing is just to watch and see, right? We, we definitely have a different uh, angle of approach on markets and trying to get there before the news hits, right? That's the key. You know, these guys bring you, so here's the way it works on mainstream media, right? A market moves and then they backfill it with media. Okay. So then they create a story. If you watch this, if you've been watching this, you, I think you know what I mean, right? And if not, we'll point it out to you is that something happens in a market and then they scramble. Okay. What's the reason? What's the reason? What's the reason? And then they put it up there or it's an intentional situation where, you know, sometimes these markets are set up by the big boys to do that. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to come at it from here's a structure and then we're going to start listening to the news and we're going to, we're going to try to decipher what's really going on and not just try, we're going to succeed at it because we've been doing this for a long time and we've got a process down here, you know, that we're going to bring to you. And the goal is to take a structure and then look at the news. Okay. And see what's going to make this structure take a market to these levels. Okay. So again, it's not a prediction, right? We're not trying to predict markets. We're, what we're doing is we're putting out a structure that we can use ahead of time. And we'll show you these, right? We've, we did at the beginning of the clip, you know, you saw uh, a clip on silver. That was a signal that came from late November. And we walked you through, you know, our progression of following that market until January 22nd, when it fulfilled its downside objective at 22.14 an ounce in silver. What was fortunate at that same point in time was the NASDAQ and the S&P were hitting their full upside objective. And we'll talk about what all these things are, right? But these are those structures I'm talking about. So we hit the downside structure in the silver. We also hit the upside structure in NASDAQ, S&P, Dow, most of the indices. And so that opens up a very interesting situation for people. They can roll out of something that's high risk into something that's low risk. And that's an asset allocation, right? And we'll get into all these things and we'll talk about all that stuff. But that's essentially what we're trying to do, right? Is, is trying to create a structure, apply the news. You'll look at it from a completely different angle. Yeah. And as I always say, you know, ultra, you know, originally um, we, wanted, we wanted to come up a name uh, with a name for the program as to uh, that will describe what we're going to do. And picture this, ladies and gentlemen, there are things that happen naturally, naturally occurring in the markets. As they say, the free market, right? In the free market, is there such a thing uh, as a free market? There really, really is. There uh, let's say, for instance, we say, wow, we want to go and manufacture widgets because, I mean, customers will buy these widgets. Let's 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 start up a manufacturing company there and supply those because there's a huge demand for it. Um, nobody knows about this. They haven't even put together a marketing plan. They just had an idea. They wanted to go to market to fill a demand. Um, that is the stuff that's outside of, you know, what you can hear and what you can see. It didn't hit CNBC. The company doesn't even exist. It was just an idea to build up a manufacturing company. Well, it's still taking place. If you were to listen in the boardroom or uh, uh, the, the original founders, you're going to hear what they're about to do, right? Now, uh, they start this company up, they start selling, and stocks, I mean, not stocks, uh, product is flying out the door. 
uh, sales are booming, right? And and they want to take it public and get some money flowing so that they can really build out this thing and keep up with the demand. All of a sudden, they make it to the public. And the New York Stock Exchange has just introduced an IPO, blah, blah, blah. And they start talking about the stock. We believe that it's promising. Now it's in the auditory realm. Now it's in the visual realm. You start to take a look at their stocks. What we're going to do is we're going to have an early peek at, let's say, for instance, there's natural occurrences in the oil market. And and by the way, we're going to do a thing called sector inspector. And we're going to look at the various sectors. We're going to look at the precious metals. We're going to look at the petrol market. Um, we're we're going to look at, I mean, how many different sectors do have we been covering over the past month as we've formulated our plan here how many different ones yeah we've covered there's probably about seven sectors in the commodity space right and we haven't really covered much in the grain market i did a little bit on my own there but um ag, yeah, so, we need to hit ag yeah, pretty heavy yeah yeah yep. right. we'll cover agriculture so and then what we'll do is we can break it down even further we can look at sectors in the stock market and we'll dig into that and yep. get further down the path so here in in this inaugural broadcast Okay. Um, I, by the way, I shared with you, we're going to do a, a 10 minute kind of pre-roll countdown. And I hope you guys liked it because, um, you know, one of my favorite songs is actually just to uh, give you guys a little peek under the tent. Uh, the reason why I selected ecstasy of gold is right before every Metallica concert, right? They play that song before they're coming on stage. And I said, you know what? That's very appropriate for what we're doing because uh, as we whip up the daily mosh pit, right? Every single day, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m., XXC of gold is very appropriate for what we're going to be doing. Um, so right at the top of the hour at 7 a.m., we come in and you may see uh, something that we told you once before. Told you so. The reason why we did a one-month run-up to the show is we took a look at charts outside of the visual and auditory spectrum. We literally looked at what silver was doing and grumbling or whatever it may be, or oil outside of the spectrum a month ago. And we literally laid out a catalog representation of where we're going to go. And Craig, what I'd like you to do, just because we're doing an introductory thing, Normally, we would stop and say, here are our top five news headlines. But this is what I want to do. When you tune in on LFA, it's a brand new show. What is Market Ultra? You need to know this right up front. We're going to match up the news with a chart. Most people hate seeing charts. Deb Santilli, my lovely co-host on the Pete Santilli Show, when I showed it to her, I said, look at that chart. She's like, ah, she doesn't do that. She cooks. You know, she's, uh, she's an artiste. She's a recording artist. She hates charts and numbers. But I said, look at this now. Now I'm going to tell you what, we're, what Craig and I are going to do. We're going to be looking at what happens, what actually creates this chart outside, off, off chart, or, right? or this is where we expect it to go. We're not going to make a prediction. We're going to say that if the oil market is grumbling over here at this level, here's its upside potential, and, and then here's its downside. As it starts to form right now i just came into the visual spectrum as it starts to form it it will give us you know through the harmonics when it when it started it will give us a path either upward in this zone or downward in this zone now what i want you to do do me a huge favor uh and show everybody that hates looking at chart generally 
98% of the public, they hate looking at charts. Throw up a chart, a chart and explain that green bar up top and the green bar down below. Because every single day you guys are going to have, you're not Warren Buffett, okay? But you're going to have the equivalent of what Warren Buffett will pay top dollar to see. He, he'll go to Craig and say, what are the harmonics? Where do you think we need to go? And his top secret information is going to be displayed for you, the common man, the open realm of, you know, we steak and potatoes people. Throw up a chart and explain that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Perfect. So let me jump over here. So this is the Dow, right? So this is the Dow 30. So it's an index made up of the 30 largest U.S. stocks. All the names that you would know, mm -hmm. right? all the big names. And so back in here, let me slide this up, make sure you can see it. There we go. So we call this pink shaded area our breakout zone. Okay, this is what Pete's talking about, where we get an energy buildup, right? We get something outside of the visual and auditory spectrum. So it hasn't hit the news yet. The market, we don't see it in the price action yet. But there's something that's occurred that tells us this thing can make a move, right? and which direction in this particular case it goes to the upside so the key things we're looking at is this this breakout zone okay right in there right and then we're looking at this halfway level this dark green line okay and think of that as cresting the hill right so we're going to climb this hill and then we're going to crest this hill and then if then the, on the back side of that we go to the full upside, which is, let me make sure I mark that better for you there. I'll get rid of this. So the, uh, so what we're, let me get rid of that. There we go. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this was this back in here, this was the end of November and some things happened. We rolled the contract. So this is a futures market. We'll talk about that in the future, but what happens is the market breaks out and we, and when this happens, we're looking at this dark green line for specific things to happen, some sort of reaction to occur. And that's what we get, right? The market goes up through this dark green line and then it bounces on it. And I've marked it with these pink dots once, twice. And then the Dow comes back in this cluster of three, four, five, six times. Okay. It can't break through. And guess what? Then it goes to the full upside. So we've crested the hill at the dark green line, and then we go to the full upside at the bright green line. And that's essentially it, right? We have a breakout zone, a halfway, and a full upside harmonic. Hmm. It can go to the downside. We can do a mirror image of this on the downside, but it's basically the release of energy. Okay. So this creates that structure we were talking about. And then what we do is we listen to the news. We do, the, then we look at the fundamentals, as people would say, fun, what's going on with in the, in the world you know, in our country, right? In, in technology, in the energy space, right? In currencies, in the bond market. And we take all these things and we, and we assemble them, look at them from different angles. And collectively, we can come up with a story to understand why this structure is gonna play out to the upside. And so once it clears this dark green line, this is a pretty good example. You know, it comes back down, holds it, we get this cluster of tests down in here and that further builds energy that pushes into the upside. So now we can, if we have that structure, we can sit there and look at the news every single day and we can just say, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? And so every day on market ultra, what we're going to do is we're going to come in and we're going to take a look at the world. We're going to go around the world. We're going to look at Asia. We're going to look at the middle East. We're going to look at 
India. We're going to look at South America. We're going to look at North America, right? We're going to travel around the world and look and see what's going on. And then, go ahead, Pete. Yeah, just real quick, I want to emphasize this point because this is like an introduction to what you're going to be seeing. But everyone, 98% uh, of the bar population that hates looking at the charts needs to realize this. And when you put this back up again, uh, what you're seeing in the mainstream on CNBC and Bloomberg and, and, and Reuters in the visual spectrum, they're talking about what, what everyone is actually being tipped off to. The, the market's going up, the market's going down. Stocks are going up, stocks are going down. Things are good, things are bad. That is what's in the visual spectrum. And you're starting to hear the chatter. But guess what? Um, the harmonics, okay, and how the structure is built happens well outside of that. By the time it gets to the mainstream, ladies and gentlemen, what they're trying to do is to manipulate your mind, really. I, I call it a pump and dump. There are, are influencers and market forces sometimes with billions of dollars on the sidelines. And they say, wow, we know based on what we think is going to happen with the harmonics that this stock is going to go, go down. But we can manipulate it up and go for a nice little grab. If a, a stock is at 20, we can take billions of dollars, pump it in there, get it to 27. And then what we're going to do is we're going to sell it off. We're not going to watch this downward spiral. We're going to pump it up to 27, sell it off. We just sold it off at 27 bucks. And everyone is just standing there holding the bag. And it goes back down to 20, 15, 12. Boom, boom, boom. That's called the pump and dump. Now show the center of that chart, which is what is on Bloomberg, CNBC, and all the mainstreamers, right? Um, and, and that's what you're seeing in the mainstream news. To the left of the chart. That's where you establish with your proprietary methodology, you establish the starting point at pink zone all the way off to the left. What do you call that spot right there where it starts to form? So we call that the breakout zone or the energy buildup zone. Okay. So that's where the energy is built in this particular case. All we see is a purple dot all the way over here to the side. Right. Okay. And, and we don't, there's some stuff that goes on here. We have, we use a futures market because it's, it's very good at giving us the most timely data. However, it has an issue where it rolls contracts. So in time, you know, we're going to show you that what we would like to see is the market bounce around in this energy zone and build it up. And it did do that on what we call the December contract. We're now in the March contract. So you're not going to see that because it's rolled. But the point is this, this is where we got the signal. That's where we start paying close attention to what's going on in the news, right? To see one, which direction is it going to break out? And two, once it breaks out, we want to monitor this along the path. So every one of these pink dots is a reaction to these to this harmonic structure. And we should, if we look close enough, we should be able to find news, right? That fits with that. And we can make an assessment. So what we're doing is we're constantly assessing along the way, along the structure. So again, it's get the structure first and then take the news. I know it sounds a little bit crazy and a little bit backwards at first, but we have to be we have to be ahead of the curve. If we wait until the media delivers us the news in the markets, we're done. Whether it's for investing, whether it's for trading, or whether it's just trying to have an understanding of what's going on. Everybody's different. Not everyone's investing, not everyone's trading, but they want to understand what's going on. This is a way to understand what's really going on in the political scene, the economic scene, right? The whole global scene, what's going on in this global, you know, mm -hmm. e economic system that we live in. So there's 
everybody can be different, but everyone can benefit from this in the sense that what we try, what we want to do is again, find the truth. That's what we're trying to do here, Pete. Yeah, we're trying yeah. to find the truth. We're trying to find the truth. And by the way, uh, everyone says, and it's funny because uh, we'll see people in our chat threads and, you know, I mean, everyone, you know, especially the fake Internet accounts and the trolls and the, even in the financial sector, uh, you know, the discord chats is that, hey, that's, you know, what you're telling is something we already know. Uh, but, you know, buy low and sell high. That is literally a reactionary. It's fully reactionary. You're going to buy low and sell high. Well, guess what? Craig, you believe that the common man deserves to know. Uh, not necessarily insider secrets, but the natural occurrence. It's literally a God thing. Um, stuff is naturally occurring outside of that reactionary buy low, sell high and market manipulation. We, we have a need for oil, for Petro. That naturally occurs as humanity was created and propagated the earth. We evolved to the point to where our inventions produced cars that all of a sudden there was a demand for oil um you, you know and that person in the chat thread said well of course you know we have cars and we need petro right no uh what do you mean of course god created us we evolved we invented things and that was a natural occurrence as a result of his creation now you're benefiting from it by buying low and selling high what we're going to do and what craig the reason why craig Winklowitz has gotten into this. He used to manage hedge funds, major uh, wealth funds, correct? For the elite of the elite of the elite. They pay you for your proprietary perspective, your decades of experience. And what Craig has done is he said, you know what? This is just like legalized theft. You know, humanity is going to either um, survive or die based on what happens here going into this market. And I believe that the common man deserves to know what's happening. If they're stealing stuff, I can see it happen well before it makes it to the mainstream. There are obvious indications that there is huge manipulation in the markets. There's, a, there's huge uh, theft going on. And there's also a lot of propaganda in favor of the big corporations, right? So you, the common man, that's what you're going to be looking at in the charts that Warren right, Buffett Pete. would love to see, right? That's right. And and so let's just say, let's just point out, let's just put a quick little story out there of how the game is rigged against the, the common man. So let's just say that you work for Pepsi or Coca-Cola or something, right? And you happen to be on the board, you're sitting in the boardroom meeting, right? And you find out, wow, we're coming out with that new product. I'd like to invest in that, right? But you can't because there's a window, right? They close you out so you can't invest in your own company stocks. So right. Because it would be insider information, okay? So if you can't benefit by that, okay, then what can you benefit by? Listening to the news to tell you what to do? Well, that's a problem. That's Then they've got you controlled because you're only going to get the information that they want you to get, right? So you're, the game's rigged either way. Even if you have insider information, you're not allowed to trade against it or you're going to go to jail. But Nancy Pelosi can do that, right? Mm, she can outperform yeah. the S&P, right? The, all of Congress, not all, but a vast majority of Congress is allowed to trade on this insider information and they don't go to jail. And they're in all these meetings all the time. So 
we, the common people, we don't have that edge. We have no edge, right? There is no edge if you really think about it. If you have information, you're not allowed to use it because it's insider information. If you don't, then you're going to be subject to what the media is telling you all the time. Mm -hmm. So you say, well, just throw in the towel and give up. And that's where a lot of people are at, right? But we're here to try to give hope, right, and truth and be able to show you that there are these structures that you can get get out front of. Right. And now you listen to the news and you make your decisions based around these structures. Right. So you have an edge. Right. That's the goal is to give you the common person an edge. Right. That's what we're here for. We can't make you know, we can't make the investments for you. We can't tell you when to do this or that or whatever, but we can help direct and give guidelines. Right. We can help build the road that you're going to drive down. You know, and that's really our goal here. And so just to show you one of the, you know, so here's a, here's a harmonic structure from yesterday, just because this is so fascinating. And I know this isn't going to mean much to anyone yet because we haven't acquainted you to the harmonic structures and that kind of stuff, but this yeah. is the NASDAQ. Okay. And if I can, Pete, can I take about 15 seconds and show this? Yeah, let's, let's do that. As a matter of fact, and then when we, when I say, all right, now let's take a look at the top news headlines, there are current events and things that are happening and and now we're into the visual and, uh, and auditory realm, but we're also going to compare what is out in the open that everybody's concerned about and relate that back to the markets because there's a direct correlation between what happens here on the right bar, okay, of what the markets are doing and the current news headlines. So this is a independent media truth truth seller truth or I'm sorry truth seeker um, truth teller uh, type of uh, format. It's a brand new way of looking at things that everyone as the common man will benefit from. Go ahead and show that chart. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is the NASDAQ, right? This is a technology based index. Okay. And so this is the big picture that we just looked at, like in the Dow. Okay. So this is going to mimic what happened in the Dow. So I could go through all these reactions. You see all these little dots on here. These are all reactions of the harmonic. So as this progresses, Right. We're paying attention to every one of these reactions to, to this harmonic structure. Okay. This was the full upside objective up here. This dark, this bright green line up in here. Okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in and I'm going to take a snapshot of this. Okay. So inside of this, we're going to basically, we're going to use our magnifying glass to go in and look at it. Okay. And so yesterday we had a federal reserve meeting. Okay. And so this is the, the FOMC, right? They meet and they structure rates, you know, for the U S and, and there's central banks all around the world to do this. And so this was our bright green line. Okay. Hopefully you can see that pretty well. It looks like it. So here was a reaction to it. Here was another reaction to it. Okay. And we were above it. Right. So we were above this, this structure at this point, when it stays above there, we think, you know, it's hard to assess the market can go higher and higher and higher, but at least we know that, right. We have a, a something to lean against, right. Something to guide us. However, yes, Prior to the FOMC announcement, we broke through right in here. Okay. And look what we did during the, during the press conference, when Jerome Powell was speaking, we spiked back up, right. And we came right back up to this harmonic level exactly to it. Okay. So this is during his press conference, he came out and this was exactly when he said, we're not going to raise rates. We're not going to lower rates in March. Like the market was anticipating. We're going to wait until later, right? We're going to be data dependent, right? Into maybe probably May or June is when he signaled. So this is the value of the harmonic structure is, you know, whether we're doing this on a short time frame, like in this particular case, or we're doing it on a longer time frame, there's value in this because look at the reaction to that harmonic right there. Okay. That was right during his press conference. So what I pose is 
was it rigged, right? Did he know yeah. he'd come out and say that during his press conference to set up all of his buddies? Okay. That's a possibility. I'm, I'm not trying to play conspiracy theorists all the time, but you do have to throw that in question because it does happen. Trust me. If you stick around with us, you'll see that, that kind of stuff does happen. Okay. It's, we can't be sure, but boy, everything points right to it, you know, because we're not in the room. We're not there. We're not a fly on the wall, but boy, everything, the weight of evidence points and says that looks like a scam. Right. So we can't always say because we're not a fly on the wall, but Actually, we can say everything points to the fact. I, that I don't know. I've heard you outside of, you know, what, uh, the show that we've been doing for the past uh, month and a half. But you've even told me something is up here. It's almost as if you're like a forensic investigator uh, or a, or, or a forensic accountant. Yeah, right. Right. Something's going on. Yeah, we get destructured, you know, we listen to the news and we become forensic investigators because why are we doing that? We're managing risk, right? We're managing the risk. I mean, if you stay at it, like that guy, you know, on the chat that said, you know, oh, tell me something I don't know, buy low, sell high. That's great. You know, and he's right. There's nothing wrong with that. That is the goal. But That's the question right. is, when do you buy low, right? And how low do you buy, right? And when do you sell high and, and how high do you sell, right? So if you, that's, that's the concept. And it's always easy to say it after the fact. That's what the news will do for you, right? They'll give it to you after the fact. Yep. But if we're watching these structures, we can think ahead. We stay ahead of the game. And with, when we stay ahead of the game, we can manage risk, Pete. And that's what it's about is managing risk and getting the truth, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And the buy low, sell high scenario with like the pump and dump, you know, if somebody has um, insider information, they've got billions of dollars uh, sitting on the sidelines and they're going to pump it up to 27. Well, the novice or the unknowing person is going to say, wow, I can buy it low because I know it's going to go high, meaning I'm going to buy in at 20 because I know it's going to go to 27. Whereas... The pump and dumping manipulating entity that exists out there knows that when they pull out at 27, it will start its downward trajectory down to 12. So if you knew about this, that's your low point that you buy in. Hold off and wait. Take a look at the harmonic structure and say, wow, this is unnaturally up at 20. Something's going on here. They're manipulating the market up. Let's hold off a little bit because we anticipate it's going to do in a downward trajectory. It's going to be down at 12. Here is its downside, uh, a harmonic potential on the below green bar. And you may want to hold off and wait. And you stay on the sidelines until it gets dumped, right? Yep, yep. And, and it's not easy to do. And here's why, right? Because, you know, investing a lot of times you're alone, right? You're all alone. And that, the concept of this community is to not be all alone. We can be together because what will happen is, we're, we're so influenced by what the media says. We feel comfortable. It's like being in a herd of cattle, right? Mm -hmm. If everybody's going that direction, it feels safe until there's a cliff, right? So what we need to do is we need to break out and be shepherds, right? You know, of the flock and we need to be a thinkers and it's lonely, right? Shepherds got a lot of responsibility looking out for the herd, right? Yeah. And that's what we have to do, right? Is we all, we want to train a bunch of shepherds here, right? So that we're thinking and we understand what's going on. And, and, and so I don't know, do we have time for one more quick chart, Pete? I know. Or no, no, I want to, you know what? And, and, and then this is what we're going to do. It's per, this is perfect. Uh, it's the inaugural episode. All right. And yeah. then I'm going to tell you at what point we come out of the gates. We may show you a, I it's called, we're calling it a market ultra told you so, right? Meaning <laughs> this is what we said a month ago or wh whatever the cycle is, because uh, every single sector has a different cycle, but this is what we said way back when. 
outside of the spectrum. Look at my hand is off here, right? This is what we said back then in October, right? And this is what's going on today. So we'll do these reviews, but I will begin uh, when we get to our top news headlines and we're off and running. At nine o'clock precisely, we hand off live on LFA TV uh, for our, to get spiritually centered, of course, with uh, Jeremy Harrell. He's going to kick us off live on LFA TV. Right after that, we're going to hand him off at 9 a.m. right on the money. So, sir, show one more chart, and then we'll get to our top news headlines. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, one more chart here. Okay, so this is crude oil, and this is what I mean about being lonely. Okay, so back in here, right, I'm going to change the color of this just so we can see. Um, let me change this right on the fly, too. There we go. Okay, so we've got this pink dot up in here. This was when Hamas and the Israel invasion occurred, you know, back in October, early October. At that point in time, you know, it would be everyone would think, okay, that, you know, let me, there we go. Everyone would think that crude oil was going to go through the roof, okay, that because we've got Middle East tension, it's starting to get elevated, you know, it's going to roll over into the Red Sea, it's going to roll over into the Strait of Hormuz, it's going to become Suez Canal, all these hot spots that we talk about, it's going to become a problem, right? Well, the harmonics said, you know, we had a structure, you can't see it on here right now, because it's all been cleaned off. Again, it's a couple months old. But the but the point is, the downside harmonic structure was this bright green dash line, okay, at 79.37. So this guy right in here, Crudo worked its way down to there and it went below, it blew right through. Okay. And so, you know, we'll do it. We're going to do a recap on that one too, just like we did on silver. So we can walk you through. And so you can see exactly how this occurred. But the point is we said, if it goes back up to 79.37 and it holds, okay, then that tells us the structure is still intact and the downside in crude oil should persist. Okay. So sure enough, what we get, we had a retest. We had a second retest exactly to 79.37. And the other day we had some tensions building again, right? With the attack in Jordan on our three troops, you know, that died and then the hundreds of others that have been injured that sort of disappeared out of the media. Funny how certain things show up in the media and certain things don't, you know. And then we had this retest and crude oil resumed its downside. So what I'm trying to say here, Pete, is that you know, this isn't easy. Okay. The truth isn't always easy. Right. And I think anybody who's listening knows kind of what I'm talking about. If you really think for a second, finding the truth and establishing the truth isn't easy, but we have to do it. And sometimes it requires standing alone or standing, you know, in a, you know, somewhat alone, right. In a small group and, and standing for something. And that's essentially what happened in crude oil, right? Crude oil broke down Everybody was talking about crude oil is going to go to 100 or it's going higher because of Middle East tensions. And yet crude oil is under pressure. And so we've done a pretty good job, Pete, I think, since we started this back in, what, mid-November or something, we started doing pilot shows for this. We've done a pretty good job of staying on the side of crude oil, right? And it seemed crazy at the time, but we've said as long as it stays below 79.37, the pressure is the downside on crude oil. Now, if it breaks above there, the game changes, and now we, now we reevaluate, right? It's that forensics you were talking about. And also uh, touch on this, too, um, so yeah. that listen, uh, you know who we're talking, you know who I'm talking to right now? The plumber, the carpenter is listening in his ears and and he's like, eh, really, they're stealing. Are they doing that? Yeah, they are. Actually, I used to be able to way back when shoot for 30 years. This show, the pizza, oh, not this show, the Pete Santilli show, December 18th, 2011 uh, was was formed and I, I went from, you know, my social media presence and I said, I'm going to start a podcast because what they're doing in the markets, we should be collapsing. 
right now. You know, like what was happening in Greece uh, and what was happening after the subprime mortgage meltdown. I'm like, we're not collapsing. And what is going to happen is they're they're throwing money at this thing. They're padding it. They're putting Band-Aids on. And I believe that they're putting the the the, the monkey, you know, on the back on the back of the the U, the EU. And if we do not naturally collapse and come out of this thing, you can't just print money and pump it into the system. The fiat currency, it's like a Ponzi scheme. Uh, if we don't collapse now, it'll be even worse the more, the longer uh, time goes. Um, so this show uh, over, uh, you know, uh, decades prior to the uh, December 2011, uh, segment. I'd watch CNBC and I'd hear them say credit defaults, swaps, or blah blah, and derivatives and all of that stuff. And what? And I would say, you know what? Basically, what they're saying right now is, hold on to your wallet. You're about to get ripped off. Dial nine one one. It's called legalized theft, and they use all these fancy terms um, to to, to kind of hide the cheese, like a three card money. Uh, and the common man has no idea. What is going on? It just, and that's where we start to relinquish uh, and and surrender ourselves to those that, well, these people are smart. We must, we have to, we have to trust them that they know what they're doing. You know, no, ladies and gentlemen, the same model applied after right around the subprime mortgage meltdown. The people that were saying that they had a solution to all of our problems were the ones that literally created it. Why would I go back to the people and, and here's the other problem I had, Craig. What incentive do the people have to fix the problem? If they created it, knowing that they're going to benefit on the other side of it, what incentive do they have to fix anything? If they're going to be making money on the destruction of the monetary system or the collapse of the United States, the people in Washington, D.C., in this 10 square miles politically, what incentive do they have to fix our political problems when they're going to be making money on insider trading on, you know, what corporations are going to make as we start to collapse. Let's say Amazon, Nancy Pelosi, right? Like she wants a lockdown. Does she not? Because she's, she just bought into Amazon and it's going to explode. If we do lockdowns, Amazon's going to be delivering product like crazy. Now, why would she be against lockdowns? and the unconstitutionality of it when she's going to be making billions, you know, or hundreds of millions, correct? Yeah. They're going to push that's for right. tyranny. That's right, you know. And that's our goal, you know, is to leave no stone unturned here. So what I don't want to do is scare everyone that all we're going to do is look at charts, right? Oh, you know, we're not. technical analysis. Quant that's not what we're going to do. We're going to bring you some of the best guests. We've been, over this period of time, you know, Pete said, hey, Craig, do you know any people that are like sharp, you know, really like good, good people, you know, that we can bring on for interviews? So my mind started turning. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, and so I've been slowly been, you know, filtering that out and finding good people. So we're, we're starting to build a slate of good, good, good thinkers, right. That we can bring in and, and educate. So our goal here is to, again, we have to look at the charts because it helps provide us a structure, right? It helps show the truth, right? So when you hear the media telling you one thing or this, go back to the charts and say, is that the truth? Is that really matching up with what's going on? You know, and, and then, then we're going to bring in some of the best analysts that are going to explain, you know, how the central bank was built, how our economic system was built. Right. Mm. And we're going to do it in a simple way so that it's not hard for the plumber. I mean, look, we love the plumber, right? Like, but I mean, you know, 
the people who do the hard work aren't getting the benefit of this economy right now. It's being no. stolen from you, right? No. And so that's our goal here is to, to, one, you have to be aware that it's going on before you can stop it. And Pete just did a marathon the other day, an 18-hour marathon, right? 14 days to crush the deep state, right? And you know what we said was you got, number one, you got to stand up, you know, you got to stand strong and then you got to stand together. But if we're not, if we let the media and the people divide us, right, then we can't stand up, we can't stand strong, and we can't stand together. So with education and with knowledge, you can stand strong. So we're trying to give you those fundamental building blocks that help you stand up, stand strong, and stand together. If we do that, we win against this, these evil forces that are out there, you know, that are working to rip you off, that are working to take down our system, that are working to destroy this country. That's why we're doing this, right, is education. So we're going to leave no stone unturned. We're going to look at charts, and we're going to try to make it as minimally painful as possible. And hopefully at some point you're even like, hey, throw up a chart so I can see it. So right. You're calling for it. That's our goal is to turn the table so that you're looking forward to charts. Well, another thing I like uh, and, 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 and what, one thing I love about what you want to do is we want to look at the charts. And you're excited as we build our archives and our team is literally – going to be structured. We've got transcripting. You love going on record back in October saying, this is what we're looking at here. And now look at the market. Let's, let's look at what we said. So when you see a chart, that's really um, you being very uh, cocky about what you're looking at. And you're going on the record today because in two months, we're going to be able to come back to it and take a look at it. And you have no qualms whatsoever going on the record with a chart. Well, I don't. And one thing that the markets have done is the markets will humble you. Right. So you, I doubt that, you know, you'll see me like, you know, banging the drum and you know that, but, but hopefully you'll learn to know, like when I'm saying beef, when I'm being firm, you know, that this is a good spot, you know, and this is a good spot. Right. And then you have to make your own decisions, but the, you know, the, I've done this for over a hundred thousand hours. Right. I mean, I've spent a lot of time doing this, listening to the media, building models, you know, looking at charts, finding, thinking, 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 you know, researching. So I'm pretty well versed in these things, but I will make mistakes, you know, and it will happen. Right. Hopefully it's minimal. With, well, with which which is why you have me because I do not make any mistakes whatsoever. So it's a great offset. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. But the thing is, you know, we're going to, I've learned how to, warn ahead of time like look we're this is a risky spot but it might work you know so beware right but it's also where there's risk there's also lots of reward you know so but we have to understand this relationship where there's no risk there's probably not a whole lot of reward you know so you know but that's what we're going to try to address and try to frame it for you so that you understand the risk and stuff and again not everyone's a trader not everyone's an investor. Uh, everyone should should want the truth. No, I think everybody is a trader, and especially in Washington, uh, D.C. A traitor <laughs> or trader, yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, so, so guess what? Uh, it's an exciting announcement. Um, but be, because, you know, LFA TV, we're independent media, where you will never see, never, ever, ever see us cut to... Uh, a, a, a Pfizer death jab commercial, period. Um, but guess what? We're sponsored by We the People. I mean, your support, uh, even if we do have a sponsor, you're, you're supporting our sponsors uh, is everything because that's how we're going to be able uh, to bring you um, to bring you these updates. So we're, we're excited to announce, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that um, uh, that that 
that this show, this particular show, when we, I'm going to put them all up at the same time. Let me do that. Um, because uh, this update that we're going to do on a regular basis, the top news uh, headlines, and I'm going to put all five of them up at the same time. We'll do one at a time. We'll do all the fancy graphics. Um, but guess what? It's, uh, we, have a, we have a sponsor and a website, 2024oilboom.com. And I'm, I'm, I'm making this announcement to tell you that there are people that are looking at us, uh, including uh, Rumble. Hold on a second. I got to do something here. Sorry about that. Let me just make sure that I have this up on the screen. Uh, Rumble has not had, you know, such a strong uh, morning show at 7 a.m., 7 to 9. There's no, there's nothing really out there. A lot of people are doing great work. Make no mistake about it. I, I don't want to take away from them. But what we're setting out to do, there's nothing like it. It's not on Rumble. You're certainly not going to see what we do on CNBC and Bloomberg. This is unique. It's on, uh, it's on Rumble, uh, provided by LFA, LFA TV. All right. And, bro oh, sorry. Brought to you by uh, 2024oilboom.com. Uh, That's 2024oilboom.com. And if you'll allow me, Craig, to just uh, tell everyone about what they're going to see there, because in the petrol market, um, the oil market, we're seeing um, something that's truly exciting. Of course, an investment opportunity right now uh, that's been quietly generating substantial income uh, outside the chaos of the stock market, which is right. Well, we just got done talking about outside the realm of what you see in here. Uh, this isn't your typical stock bond or option. It's something much, much bigger, something that's been delivering incredible returns. Um, we're stepping into an unprecedented uh, energy bull market. We will talk about that, I think. And also free energy uh, is coming on the market. And we're going to talk about that as well. But akin to uh, the booming 70s where the demand for oil uh, is skyrocketing. Think about it. China's hunger for energy, the U.S. replenishing reserves and global conflicts, uh, altering the oil landscape. Russia's exports uh, disrupted and OPEC scaling back. Oil supplies plunged precisely when Demand is ultimately soaring or should be in a big way. But predictions are in. Brace yourself for much higher oil prices. Global demand is set to hit a staggering 101 million barrels per day, driving prices and royalties to new heights. Uh, but here's the game changer. Oil and gas royalties. Picture collecting income without the roller coaster ride of drilling, exploration, costs or workforce management. Just sit back and reap the rewards from oil sales. Now, uh, the golden opportunity. We're talking about a Permian Basin royalty stream. Uh, the crown jewel of oil reserve. Warren Buffett's, uh, uh, he's wagered a, a, a cool $12 billion on this region. And listen to this. While stocks, bonds, crypto stumbled, uh, this royalty stream soared with a staggering 149% return in 22 alone. Quarterly revenue boasting an astounding 717%, over $42 million in revenue over the past year. So consistency is key, right? 
Uh, this royalty stream has been serving up monthly dividend payments without fail since 2007, um, 276 consecutive months of steady income. This, this set of headlines and what we do uh, through your support, guess what I want you to do? I want you to go learn more about this by going to 2024oilboom.com. It's free to check it out. You just heard about it. It's a, uh, an exciting opportunity, and they're excited about what we're doing. And they're going to be supporting the show. And we return the favor by visiting those that are trying to provide value to, to our viewers. Um, so, Craig, I, I, it's a, 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 a different uh, introduction that we're doing here. Uh, over an hour of an introduction to Market Ultra and encouraging our viewing audience to uh, to support our sponsors that are supporting uh, our efforts here. But uh, do you have commentary? Uh, you wanted to step up and say something. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, it sounds fascinating to me. Some of those things like that can be, you know, I just, I, that was the first I've heard of, you know, the, the, you know, the, the line that goes with our sponsor, but we should try to have them on and talk about that sometime. I'd like to do that. I, th I think so. So right now, yeah, guess what? Uh, I want you to go check it out at 2024oilboom.com. These top news headlines on this Thursday, February 1st. And here's how we're going to begin the shows every day. We may do you some I told you so's and you'll catch those uh, video representations and then we'll get right into it. Uh, Thursday, February 1st, 2024 uh, at this 8.09 a.m. This, this inaugural broadcast on LFA TV. I'm saying... The geriatric senators uh, push for, oh, I have a typo. Fro, I did that. I pumped that in there and I made the mistake for censorship. Uh, uh, second, FOMC holds rate cements uh, pivot. We're coming back to this one right here. Blackstone's $25 billion AI project. We're going to open up by talking about that. I'm seeing a hot Middle East update. We got to bring that to you. And all the other news coming out of the Middle East. And we have an update here on LFA TV because of our coverage of what's going on on the border. Ryan Matta, he'll be down on the border. Now, is that going to impact the markets, the economy? Shoot, I'm going to tell you something right now. Texas all of a sudden wants to shut the border down. I remember 2014 when I was down there. They didn't want to shut the border down. You know why? You know what I was told in McAllen, Texas? That, that the governor of Texas at the time of 2014, what was his name? Rick Perry, right? He couldn't afford to shut the border down because of the money that was flowing over and being laundered through Wells Fargo into the real estate market. The real estate market was booming. If he shut down the border, it would have killed entire economies in Texas, and they had to do it over time. Yep. Now, all of a sudden, they want to shut the border down. Isn't that remarkable, Craig? Oh, it's crazy, right? I mean, boy, are we in an in hey, interesting times. Listen, these these political issues have a direct, I mean, no, an indirect, have a direct impact on the market uh, and an indirect impact on your, and, and as I say it, your 401k that becomes a 301k, that becomes a 201k, that becomes a 101k. Everybody's got a dog in this fight, don't they, Craig? 
everyone does. We're all linked to it. You know, I always like to say, you know, in some of our prior shows, you know, that the, everything's connected and um, one way or another, it's all, we're all connected, you know, all 8 billion plus of us on planet earth. And that's what makes these harmonics work, right? That's the whole concept of it. And, and so, like you're saying, this political stuff does roll over into this and we can't, we're in such a political environment. We can't afford to not cover it. We will cover the politics side of it because there's no way around it. You know, they, these guys are, a lot of them are bought and paid for as we're seeing. And, you know, who are they bought and paid for by, you know, that's our job is to get to, you know, say, okay, where, did, where, what, who are they working for? Who are they working for? Again, who are they working for? <laughs> who, who are they working for? And to our top news headline, um, the geriatric cent, uh, senators that were before the big tech, right? I, I mean, it seems almost predatory that the big tech guys are sitting there saying, you know, trying to figure out what these people that don't know how to operate their iPad are giving them regulatory advice is that what they should do or shouldn't do with big tech. All they're saying is we need to control this. And you listen to the line. I don't want to go get into all the speeches. We'll dig into some of the details, but some, you know, idiot geriatric that can't run his iPad. That's got his staff sending out tweets is, uh, Oh, what's this up next on the list? Oh, how can we stop your child sex trafficking on Facebook? You know, well, he doesn't even know how to turn his iPad on. He doesn't know what he's talking about as far as uh, luring in little children into a virtual reality meta, right? And grooming them and then going on to the. He has no clue what is happening in the meta universe whatsoever. No clue. And he's going to be the one that's going to be have regulatory oversight over big tech. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Yeah. This is the truth. I mean, I don't care who you think these politicians are. Just by them being politicians tells you everything you need to know about their qualifications in big tech. Because if they were qualified to work in big tech, they would be. They wouldn't be a politician, would they? No. And, you know, I think you're referring to, you know, the Senate hearing yesterday, what, 21 members of the Senate Judiciary Committee get together and they, you know, listen to Meta, X, TikTok, Snap, Discord. And, you know, I, I didn't do a whole lot of research on this, but I saw that Mark Zuckerberg stood up and turned around and apologized to everyone who was sitting in there. Right. It's, you know, Mark, this isn't the time to apologize after you've destroyed, you know, kids' minds, right? You know, you, how could you have not foreseen this coming is the question, right? I mean, how could these guys have not foreseen this coming? I mean, everybody's been talking about that. They even have things on your phone, screen time, you know, like don't, not too much screen time. I mean, it's just crazy, right? I mean, we're destroying kids. Well, okay, and, and, and not just destroying kids, but imagine this. This is how crazy it is. It is that the people that are sitting in the cubicles, that are designing these software programs. Uh, you guys, I'm not even going to go into what you'll see online on the dark, uh, the darker side of our virtual reality. There's bestiality. There's cartoon representations and stimulus that young children are, are basically going to, uh, that are exposed to. These kids are brought over from their little cartoon world over into a realm that you see it in the classroom. All of a sudden, they're sexualizing them. They're doing it virtually and remotely. The people that are designing those programs are typically pedophiles and sexual deviants and godless immoral types. They're the ones that are designing these programs. And most human beings, hearing my voice, have no clue what I just said. 
they haven't been in that realm. You live an honest life and you're not a pedophile and you're not out there, you know, seeking children out to the local playground with cartoons and virtual reality, luring them into, you know, your, your realm to abuse them. You're not of that ilk, but it is a big, big problem with big tech. Everything that they do is manipulative. The psychological aspects of giving you a dopamine hit. We see that out in the open. We know how addictive Facebook is. They know how addictive Facebook is. But can you imagine that being perpetrated upon the mind of a young child for the purposes of sexually abusing and exploiting them? This is a big problem, folks. It's huge. Yeah, well, there's a great book. A friend of yours, Alex Newman, just put out. I don't know if you if are going to interview him at all, but it, oh, it, it sounds great. I saw him get interviewed and he said, this is the foundational thing. This is where we turn our country is the education of our kids. And, you know, that's the other thing. All, all of our viewers out there, I mean, I would say most have kids or had kids or have grandkids and being aware of this so that you can educate your children or your grandchildren or, you know, your, your nieces and whatever. I mean, we all have a responsibility in this to understand what's going on and what they're doing to destroy us through the education, you know, through not every education system and not every public school is bad because I we're in a public school system with my two daughters. And I think it's been great so far. I have a hawk's eye on them because I'm watching like a hawk, you know, to make sure, but in, mm. you know, paying attention to what goes on very closely, but I don't think you can run from it. People are like, get out of the public school system, Craig, get out of there. I don't agree with that. I think don't, you got to stand and fight, right. And putting your kids in there and making sure, because if something goes wrong, I'm going to be there talking to the, you know, I don't want to run from it. Right. I'm not going to run from it, you know, and, and I'm just not going to run from it. You know? so, <laughs> that's not what we do. Right. It's not, it's not what we do. Uh, we're very protective of, of our society. We're protective of our way of life. We're protective of our children. And right now we're having to protect everything because those powers that be a very select few that even profit, you know, over this entire mess uh, are destroying everything. Our way of life, the, you know, the way we've been raising our children. Now all of a sudden they want to sexualize them and take control over them and, and Lord and be the parent. They want us worshiping the God of the government. And the God of the environment, uh, don't they? Yeah. And that's part of the destruction, right? That's part of their economic. And so, again, you know, the reason we talk about this is because, you know, the, I, I don't want to take, you know, destroying kids' lives away from the financial side and try to just blend these things together. But it does, these things are all related, right? And so the, if we destroy our kids and it destroys our financial system, we destroy our financial system. We can't rebuild our education system for our kids. So these things are all connected. And, you know, and, and they're, 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 and we'll go into that, right? I mean, over time, we're going to continue to bounce back and forth between, you know, what's going on in the world. I mean, this, this is a big deal, Pete. I mean, if we'd let our kids go get, get destroyed like this with this, you know, all this technology and you see how fast it's moving. You know, you just introduced me to artificial intelligence side the other day and it's still, you know, your head just spins over this. I mean, it's moving so fast. And if we don't figure out what's going on to some degree, how do we know how to, again, stand up, stand strong, stand together? Well, that, which is exactly uh, what I, uh, and why I wanted to, um, why I wanted to cover that, that topic of the Blackstone Back again, just as a reminder, in our inaugural episode 
on LFA TV. We must talk about AI, the developments in AI. There are benefits, believe it or not. Huge. Nathan and I, our producer, Nathan, we're talking about the huge benefits of AI technology for content producers. Can you imagine what we have to do to produce content caliber, you know, caliber, the caliber of what you're seeing in the mainstream? It's very difficult to do that. You need massive staffing. Well, guess what? With AI technology as a content producer, you don't need all of the satellite trucks and all and the computing power. You don't because that technology is available to content producers. And it's amazing. And they don't, a lot of them don't even know it. But let's uh, let's do this. Here we are. Uh, and we're going to we have 40 minutes. Exactly. You're ready to get into our rhythm as we begin each and every show. We talk about the geriatric senators that are pushing uh, for censorship. But I want you, uh, Craig, to get to our morning market news on FOMC holding rates and cementing their pivot. Talk about the FOMC. Yeah. And we have a couple clips, right, Pete? We can roll on this. We do. Yep. Okay, good. So let me kind of lead into this. Let me give you a little background on what happened yesterday with the FOMC. And then we'll roll into clip one, and that'll be of Jerome Powell um, talking about productivity, right? So there's, a, there's a lot of things that he gets questioned about during these press conferences. But we pulled, we decided to extract out productivity because it tie, productivity because it ties in with the AI and it ties in with the jobs, which we're going to see tomorrow. We're going to cover the jobs data tomorrow. But let me just kind of recap what happened yesterday, right? So the headline is the Fed won't go in March, right? They're gonna they're gonna cut rates, but not in March, right? So the market didn't like that. The market was trying to build in, you know, let's, you know, they wanted rate cuts fast. That's that's just the nature of the market, right? right. What Powell he came in with a clear agenda. Number one was accept that you're finished raising rates, right? So it means the policy rate is likely at its peak. Cement that there's a pivot, right? Which is what he did, and indicated that it's appropriate to dial back sometime this year, right? So he's basically going to be reducing rates, mm -hmm. lower borrowing costs for everyone you know, sometime this year, and then establish the FOMC's playbook going forward, right? So attempt to explain the threshold, right, of, of where they're at and when they'll make that decision, right? So the, the backdrop on this, right, is that the economy is split, okay? The industrial side has been hurting, okay? The services side has been doing well. That includes technology and this AI and all the things that we've been talking about. The banking sector side is showing further signs of cracking, right? Yesterday, we saw New York Community Bank come out, right, which is a regional bank. Mm -hmm. They cut their dividend, right, and the stock dropped in half, almost in half, 45%. So we're starting to see signs, but the Fed didn't address this, okay? Mm -hmm. why, didn't, why didn't Jerome Powell address this when he's clearly aware that this was the case? And so with that, right, you know, we still have a couple data points ahead for the Fed, right? What are we looking at, right? We're looking at the January PCE. That's a personal consumption expenditures. We'll look at that and when that comes. We'll look at the CPI and PPI. That's a consumer price index, producer price index when that's available. Those are the three things that are going to lead into the Fed's next rate decision, right? And then with that in mind, right, um, we, we're, what we have is this clip. This is the first clip of Jerome Powell from yesterday's meeting after they made their rate decision to basically hold Pat. And this is gonna, and, and he gets asked a question on productivity. So with that, I just want you to keep in mind, right? That we've we've had layoffs, okay, that are starting to pile up. You know, US, yeah. um, UPS, PayPal, Google, Amazon, Microsoft's laid off 1,900, Deutsche Bank's laid off 3,500, eBay, 1,000, Salesforce, 7,300. 
REI, the, the retail store, Levi's, Wayfair, Macy's, Sports Illustrated, TikTok. They've all been laying people off. And so with this clip, let's see what Jerome Powell has to say. And, and then we can we'll, we'll come back to that. Hi. Uh, and uh, by the way, uh, just remember that bottom left hand corner right there, your top news headlines brought to you by. 2024oilboom.com. I'm really excited about that. And I really appreciate uh, our sponsors that are helping support this effort to help us get the truth out. And where is that? They can increase their chances of getting noticed by scouts who monitor those pages. For example, this model's use of the hashtag. What is that? You've mentioned multiple times about, you know, the level of wage growth that's consistent with 2% inflation. We've obviously seen, uh, you know, you were talking about ECI this morning in which it's cooled a little bit, but still sort of above what you wanted to see. Growth has been very strong. How much of those numbers do you attribute to productivity? And do you see that productivity as sort of just temporary because of the factors, you, the labor and supply chain factors you were talking about? Or do you think that um, productivity growth will, will fade over time. So, so this is a really interesting question. And I think um, my, my own view is, I think if you look, look back to the pandemic, you, you saw a, a spike in productivity as workers were laid off and, and activity didn't decline as fast. And then you saw a deep trough of productivity. And then over the last, uh, you saw high productivity last year in 23. I think we're, we're basically in the throes of getting through the pandemic economy. And the question will be, what, what is it that has changed the, you know, the productivity tends to be based on, you know, fundamental aspects of our economy. Is there, is there a case, will it be the case that we come out of this more productive, more on a sustained basis? And I don't know. I don't know. I, I, what would it take? It would take, you know, people talk about AI, but uh, I would, my guess is that we may shake out and be back where we were because I don't, I'm not sure I see, Work from home doesn't seem like it's a big productivity increaser. AI, artificial intelligence generative may, may be, but probably not in the short run, probably maybe in the longer run. So I'm not I'm not seeing why it would. But, you know, right. You know, right now, I would say we're, we're, the productivity is kind of what falls out of the the broader forces that are driving people in and out of the labor force and, and activity returning and supply chains getting fixed. Right. So would that be behind why we've seen such strong growth, but we've also seen inflation fall that maybe there's just a higher level of productivity? That's right one now. way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I have a lot to say about that. I didn't see I that. Thought might be. Oh, I literally wanted to reach out uh, uh, and 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 basically do the virtual equivalent of rip his esophagus out of his neck and just show it to him, you know, and say that you have well, about thirty milliseconds. I got that ready with Nathan, and I knew I you hadn't seen it yet, so I my I, I literally got heart palpitations. Okay, the pre-COVID, blah, blah, blah. we saw increases in product. Yeah, you know what it was? It was a transformational tectonic shift of wealth. From, you know, from us to them. I, 
and I'll give you an example. Um, Averill Haynes from the CIA sitting next to George Gao of the China's CCP equivalent of the CDC director who knew about the release of the Wuhan lab. We're sitting there talking with the big influencers how to contain the information about the lab leak. This was literally pre-concocted, pre-manufactured for the purposes of causing such a disruption to the global economy that now we're in a stupor while we're like, oh, we, I guess we could sit home and telework. You know, we can telework. And that next thing you know, we've got everybody just pumping data into AI that they're going to use against us. They're going to weaponize it against us. I'm sorry if I'm ranting too much, but can I add one more freaking thing? Huh? How about if we do, we make Congress go on Zoom and lock them down and get them out of D.C. and away from the lobbyists and the, and the freaking couplotters over there at Langley, Virginia? Why don't we make all of our politicians conduct all their business on Zoom in their local jurisdiction with the people outside of their office here right down the street. I got a, uh, uh, his name is Brad Winstrup. He's a congressman. He's in charge of the COVID committee, right? And guess what? He took $200,000 from Big Pharma. Do you think we're going to know uh, what the true reasons are for the release of, right? Why not make Brad Winstrup conduct his meetings right here down the street? at his office and if he says something stupid on zoom i'm gonna bang on his door and say that was dumb all right no we yeah. don't have access to him anyways yeah, i'm so friends down there to, I'm, yeah and they I'm do so it behind pissed. closed doors why did you do that clip right there did you know you were gonna trigger me into freaking oblivion did you <laughs> i was so i literally wanted to interrupt oh my well, god and, and the problem is anybody who's paying attention from a productivity standpoint, right? You know, he's saying that AI it may be in the long run. Does he, I mean, so here's the way the federal reserve and we're going to bring on a guy. I think you guys are going to love him. You're going to love this guy, Pete, right? His name's Mel. And he's done tons and tons of research on central banks, bank of international standards, banking. Mm -hmm. He understands how this stuff works mm -hmm. and he's able to convey it in a really great way. And the key is, you know, the way the central bank is arranged is they have 12 branch banks around the country. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I won't go into the history of all of it, but they have a feeler of everything that's going on. Right. And they talk to special groups that come in and you don't think this guy has any clue that artificial intelligence is here and now and moving very fast. This is what alerts me to guys like him, right? He knows this. There's no way he can push that off and say, well, I don't think it has any impact in the short term, but in the long term, no, he's setting us up, right. To just look the other way. Right. We're, we're not paying attention where we should be mm -hmm. paying attention. Right. And we have to highlight that. We're, we're, we're not. And, and he is I, I don't even think that he believes he's at that level to where what he just said, he knows what's going on behind the scenes. He knows how COVID came about. He knew the detrimental impact it was going to have to go to global lockdowns. OK. And, you know, the front face of that globalist um, a push for such a thing is what the WHO and the WEF. They knew what they were doing. They knew that the uh, this is this pisses me off so bad. I watched that kid um, that was was literally um, walking down the street. I'll never forget that night when they did the lockdown, and there was a kid that worked at the local pizza joint, and he was in tears, and and it was so representative of 
this tectonic shift to blow out American small businesses, the lifeblood of our entire economy. And we literally now when I look at the full picture, I saw exactly what they did. We had to go through this thing as far as they were concerned in order to purge the lifeblood of America, get rid of the small businesses and consolidate power. I watched it happen because you couldn't go get a piece of pizza because of COVID, but you could sure as hell walk through a big box Costco or a Walmart, couldn't you? Yep. Yep. That's the way it worked. Yep. Everybody sees this. Everybody saw that. Hopefully everybody still remembers that because their goal is to hit you let it dissipate and then yeah. come, come back and hit you again. Something's coming again. These guys aren't done, right? They're going to keep coming at They're it, not. So. And, and it's not, it wasn't just, it's like I'm interrupted. I'm slamming you right now. I'm about to start a body slamming, but it's not just the medical industrial complex. It wasn't the gut, just the government bureaucrats and regulators. It wasn't the CDC and the NIH. It wasn't uh, colluding with them and benefiting from all of those draconian, tyrannical, uh, 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 regulatory measures was the central bank. The central bank has their hooks and, and all of it. They were fueling it. They, if not financing it or benefiting from it on the other side of it, weren't they? Yep. Yep. And this is the thing, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, central bank, federal reserve, FOMC, you know, I don't know what that means. And you know, that's great. That's fine. Right. It's, you know, I don't, it's not your fault. Right. But now that we're bringing this to you and if you're listening, right, we're going to educate you on what it is. And when you find out, you're going to be twice as upset as Pete just was, you know, because you're going to when you find out what's going on and how this thing was structured. And that's what Mel's going to help come on and, and explain and educate us on. You know, we're going to have a good conversation with him. The um, the uh, you know, I think you're going to you'll start to get a flavor of what we're trying to do here. And that's the goal. Um Hey Pete, I don't know if you um, if you're ready to roll that next clip because this one's fascinating to me too. I don't want to make sure I want to make sure we get this one. And this, are we, can we do it? Uh, we can. Uh, as a matter okay, of fact, let me, I was. Let me, uh, set, mm -hmm. let me set it up here real quick. So okay. this is Jeffrey Gunlock. Okay, he runs a big bond fund called Double Line Capital, mm -hmm. and so he's on CNBC getting questioned yesterday about you know the Federal Reserve stance, cutting rates, but then he also goes into the job stuff. And tomorrow's the jobs report. The jobs is a critical factor for all of us, right? It's all about jobs, you know, jobs in the country, you know, how's the economy? A lot of that relates back to jobs. So you'll see what he talks about here from a federal level and a state level. And then we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk about that. Cause I think this, this might get you going too. Really? Okay. Let's take a look at <laughs> yeah, maybe. it. Yeah. Let's do it. Why, why, why are you doing that to me? Why? The market really, not very long ago, was was pricing in March pretty heavily, and that got led to very high valuations on a lot of risk markets. And the longer the Fed stays at what is going to be about a two or three hundred basis point real interest rate on Fed funds, there's risk uh, to economic growth that's going to build as we move uh, into this year. You know, everybody knows that the employment market on the headline establishment survey looks really good, but there were a lot of downward revisions uh, in the last employment report, and the household survey isn't as strong. 
And there's also data that never gets reported to the extent it should be, which is unemployment data that's reported on a state level. The states do this too. And they have 51 states. I think they have DC in there as, one, as, as if it's its own state. And something like 85 or more percent of those 51 uh, state reports have rising unemployment over the last six months. So there's a strange mathematical. Uh, hold on a second. Did he say 51 states? Did he just say 51 states? Did well, he really just say 51 states? Well, he kind of precursored it by saying 50 plus D.C. They, they include D.C. as a state, right? That's that's what he was saying. Yeah. Okay. I just kept, I just wanted to know if that was important, <laughs> you know, to the rest of us. Wow. Inconsistency that the unemployment rate stays at 3.7 on the national house uh, establishment survey. But over 85% of states uh, report that unemployment is rising over the past six months. It almost doesn't seem possible. Now, the states that uh, are uh, not reporting rising unemployment are Wyoming, North Dakota, yes, Texas, I think Pennsylvania, but not California, not Illinois, not Florida, not New York. So I, I don't know. Is, is unemployment really as low as, as uh, we, we think? With continuing claims are rising, that's a leading indicator. Temporary employment is falling, that's a leading in indicator. And the quits rate is now, in every sector, about the same as it was pre-pandemic. So this, this narrative of there's, there's nobody quitting mm -hmm. is just false. It's, it's all the way back to where we were pre-pandemic. Okay, so I, I, I said this before. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw uh, back to you. Uh, you know the, these guys, and he sounds confident, and you know, of course, he's, he's uh, very successful and wealthy. But again, the people that run to the podium, I have to mention the Hegelian dialectic over and over and over again. Is that the problems uh, that they are identifying and analyzing? They created themselves, and they want to um, uh, that you know, of course, offer solutions. Uh, to our problems, but there's a direct correlation, is there not, Craig, with the problems that they created to begin with in tanking, you know, the real estate markets. You know, I remember in corporate America, we had such a struggle for living, you know, months over uh, months, year over year. And there was this cycle of trying to outperform and grow because corporations are beholden to their shareholders. They want to bring shareholder value. So there's this vicious cycle of doing so many things to the point to where it's unnatural to the market. It really is. It's unnatural to the market to shove, you know, product down everyone's throats, you know, at Coca-Cola, load every, and you're out trying to outperform the previous year or the previous month and grow sales. And you start to step outside of the realm of what is a natural demand for the products that you're offering, right? Yeah. So how do they create the sales increases or growth, uh, giving value to the shareholder? It's literally manufactured. It has nothing to do with demand. It has to do with crafty freaking shove it down your throatism. Yeah. Oh, that's a Santillia. Did you hear what I just said? A shove it down your throatism. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, you know, that's what they try to do. And so when we're deciphering what he's saying here, right, he's saying that, you know, the markets got out front of themselves, which is kind of what you're talking about, you know, that it's all about trying to make earnings better, you know, for the next quarter, right? It's all about that, you know, yes. and, 
And so, and running up the stock market in advance of that, right? So trying to take advantage of it and run it up in advance as if they have inside information, which they do a lot of times, but, and it's orchestrated, right? Now, the other thing that he's, anybody, what he's saying is that they got it wrong, you know, or, or like when I showed you that chart on the NASDAQ at the beginning, when it spiked back up to the harmonic, Mm -hmm. right at the time that Jerome Powell said, you know, but not in March, you know, you got a question, is that orchestrated? And I know it's probably maybe people are like, I don't know exactly what Craig's talking about there. But my point is that we saw in the charts right there that, you know, we spiked to the harmonic right at the time when Jerome Powell said that. And Gunlock, the guy we just saw at Double Line, is coming out and saying the market got out front of itself. Did they get it wrong or are they getting out? Are they using us to get out? So when we see these big periods of data, okay, like we see Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week, right? And, you know, and we'll maybe we'll look at the economic thing if we have a chance here at the end, but we have a lot of data. What I look at that is that's an opportunity for the big boys, the manipulators, right? Because they've got lots of eyeballs paying attention, lots of traders, everybody's at their screens ready to push buttons, you know, buy, sell, buy, sell. And they use that to, to mind bend us, just like they're doing with those kids, Pete, right? They're getting us on a technology, technology platform and mind bending. The same thing they're doing to us in the financial spectrum, right? And that's, and, and so I'm, I'm kind of pulling that out of what Gunlock said, right? And he just did an interview with Tucker Carlson, and I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it's pretty good because the things he won't say on TV, right? He was actually saying some of it with Tucker Carlson. So I, I'm interested to go watch that one. If you want, you can go watch it too. But here's the most important thing I want to cover that he was saying. Okay. Number one is we're getting these jobs data. We're going to get jobs data tomorrow. Okay. And what they're going to do is they're probably going to come out with a number, right? That fits their narrative, right? That looks pretty good on the surface. And then months down the road, next month, the next month, the month after that, they can revise it. So they can revise away this number that we, you're, you, you know, you get this number and you're like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. That doesn't fit. Right. And then you, when you look at the revisions three months later, right, you're like, Oh, I was right. You know, but, and, and that's how they do it. Right. They just assume that we have short memories, right. We're not going to remember what, and that's how they work us. Right. They know that they can, something can happen if they can just suppress it long enough. Right. Then they can make it go away. We kind of saw this with Evergrande in China. You know, we talked about that earlier this week, you know, and we'll get back into Evergrande because it's not going away. There's more stuff to cover on that. And that was a real estate debacle that happened in China three years ago. Right. But it's resurfacing now. And that's what they do. Right. They just suppress it, let it go away. Right. And then they hope that everyone forgets. Right. Until you fall off the cliff. Right. But what he's saying is the data at the state level isn't matching with the data at the federal level. Right. So just like we're seeing all these people do all this great work on the, you know, the, the, you know, the COVID, you know, vaccine, and we're seeing all this great work being done to fly and you know, what's going on in January 6th, you know, the, the pipe bomb, and they're starting to uncover that, you know, that it was all set up by the feds. It was uncovered by the feds, right? We're, we're, this is all, this is how they work, right? And so we're seeing in the financial area. And what, what he's saying is the state level data isn't matching the federal level data. So we need to dig into this, right? We need to stay on top of that because we can show that it's being manipulated. If it doesn't, add, if, you know, if two eggs don't add up to two eggs, you got a problem. You know? <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Two, two plus two equals, um, uh, two plus two equals, uh, transition to a 12 year old female synchronized swimmer. Exactly. Yeah. It's right. with yeah. <laughs> what's well, called woke. That's called woke math. 
Yeah, that's broke, Matt. Hey, all right, listen, we're at the 42-minute mark. Can you imagine we're literally an hour and 42 42 minutes into it uh, for one reason, because I'm not necessarily long-winded, but I really wanted to make sure that our inaugural uh, broadcast that we've been, uh, our our entire team, including our our graphics team, our video editors, um, uh, everybody's been working really hard to bring this extremely valuable uh, show to Rumble, front page of Rumble, um, LFA TV, unlike any other. That's two hours leading up to what we were doing with our regular live broadcast on LFA TV, uh, live broadcast uh, programming schedule, uh, beginning with Jeremy Harrell. Right at nine o'clock, he's going to uh, he's going to get us all to rise up and get spiritually centered for the day. So Jeremy Harrell coming up right at 9 a.m. But uh, today, um, of course, I just uh, let me take care of some housekeeping items here. Our top news headline, Jerry Adric senators pushing for censorship. Huge implication. We're going to get into the AI aspects of it because we can take that concept, right, of understanding that the people like Chuck Grassley, he barely even knows how to put a catheter in his penis. And he's telling big tech people how we need to control the, the flow of disinformation and telling that to a bunch of pedophile libtards, right, that are controlling all of big tech. Have you ever seen the bias in chat GPT, by the way? You ever seen that? Oh, I'll yeah. give you an example of bias. I type in who is Pete Santilli and I'm like some militia leader. <laughs> I, I talk about bias, uh, you know, and he's very controversial, far right wing, blah, blah, blah. Even ChatGPT, how they program the algorithm by a bunch of freaking pedophiles in San Francisco or, you know, they see me as that. So AI and how that's forming uh, uh, algorithmically and how they've told these computers how to learn. It's being done by a bunch of leftists. Um, I need to figure out how to get to uh, Chuck Grassley. Hey, Chuck, do you have any idea that you, people you're talking to, that you're having regular oversight over, uh, are the ones that have built in bias into our entire society that, by the way, let's call the financial people. And you got, you got the uh, uh, transgender financial woke speak going on there they're now converting to dei this place is out of control the united states of america uh at, by the sexual deviants behind the scenes so geriatric sen- senators pushing for sen- censorship they don't know how to turn on their ipad they don't know that they don't even know what artificial intelligence has the full capabilities of doing how can they have oversight of such a thing when they have no clue what it is, no clue. And do you think that the people that are controlling big tech, like the CEO of OpenAI, says, oh, we must control the advancements of AI. He's benefiting from the advancements of AI. Why is he saying that to the regulators? And and how do you think he's gonna set up regulations with these senators that don't know how to turn on their freaking iPad um, to benefit his company. He's going to deceive them. He's not going to tell them everything they need to know about who the woke tards are in their cubicles, rigging AI. So that's why this topic right here, geriatric sen- to 
senators pushing for big censorship is a big topic, a big headline. And guess what? Another housekeeping item, Market Ultra. This conversation has to continue 24-7. We set up a community. Uh, the content that's in there, the content flow daily, you may see. If you text ULTRA to 844-837-5132, we've set up a community where you can actually engage. If you're interested in, you know, really digging into when we do the sector inspector, we start drilling down on the precious metals. We talk about the correlation of platinum to what the Petromark's doing. Are there correlations between the different sectors that we can dig into we can't cover everything in a two-hour session we can certainly cover the morning news topics uh the opening bell but the conversation continues in the market ultra community we've done a lot of work to get that set up right greg yeah, it's been good. Uh, you know, we started doing videos about a week ago and it's been well received. We've gotten a lot of comments back, you know, just doing the charts, doing the explanation. And I try to go in there. I'm going to try to keep those down to five minutes, but cover the stocks, cover energy, cover metals, like you said, cover different sectors. And then also at some point, we'll probably do some educational stuff in there where it's like, okay, what is that asset allocation? You know, what, you know, what are some things about the 401k? What are some alternatives to 401ks, right? Other things that, you know, you're not getting other places. We'll try to introduce that and cover that, mm -hmm. bring in experts, do some live stuff in there. So yeah, we're going to try to build that community out more and more as we go. Yes. All right. Now, uh, I do want to say something here uh, before we get to, uh, we have 12 minutes. That's it. We have 12 minutes. I think we've done okay. a good job with the basic introduction. This is in the record books on LFA TV. Welcome, LFA TV. At 9 o'clock, Jeremy Harrell, stay tuned. And then I have to take care of something with our other stream to keep you know, the 24-7 stream going. Because we want, we're going to be exclusively on LFA TV in the morning for that two hours with a stream going up to Lindell TV for the Pete Santelli show. So I have to figure all that out, but it's all well worth it. Uh, Craig, um, New York Community Bank Corp cracks. Commercial real estate plot thickens. Uh, a lot of stuff uh, in the news headlines. Which one do you want to cover next? Well, we could take a look at that one. All I, all I really wanted to cover on that one was mm. that we're starting to see this. So a lot of people have talked about the commercial real estate market being a problem, right? So during COVID, we started to get the work from home community um, you know, it put pressure on the commercial real estate market and everyone's, everyone's been wondering how long it's going to take until it has an impact in the economy. Right. Again, if we're not careful, we're going to forget by the time it becomes a real issue. Right. So, you know, the, the, the red flag goes up and then there's a period of time until it actually has an impact in the economy. And so what we're seeing is we're starting to see the signs of that commercial real estate already starting to break. Right. So we're seeing it trickle. So we see this with that regional bank. That's a good sign of that or, mm -hmm. you know, a bad sign that, you know, that it's actually. And then we see the same thing happening with Deutsche Bank, which is a, you know, European bank. And then we're also seeing it happening in Japan, too. Right. And we can get into the details of this a little bit, you know, another day. But the Japan, we're starting to see that it, it trickle over to there, too, because J the Japanese have been investors in our real estate market. So they're going to sometimes you'll see these the ripple effects occurring in other countries before you'll actually see it here. 
there's a lot of reasons for that. Some people are trying to cover it up. They're trying to bury it. The media doesn't cover it. But, you know, when you see it covered in these other places and you start to say, wait a minute, that's connected to this and that's connected to this, you start to see the real estate market starting to crack. And so we saw yesterday the KRE index, which is the the, the spider ETF sec- sector for regional banks, went down about 5%. So New York Bancorp dropped 45%. But then the whole regional composite, the index of that, you know, all the regional banks dropped about 5%. So we need to pay attention to that, the regional banks, because it's a, it's a good indicator of that stuff. And so, I mean, that's basically covers what we wanted to cover on New York Bank. It's just a red flag. We just want to keep, you know, it's, it's, um, it's the earth rumbling, right? The earth's rumbling a little bit and we don't want to ignore it. We want to pay attention and we'll keep paying attention to these hot headlines and we'll keep paying attention to these harmonic structures when we get them. And we'll put the two together, just like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, excellent. Excellent. And um, we've got um, uh, Elon Musk struggling with and it. Why is that cut off? Why do you have to do that to me? Okay, I can't read that. What's up with Elon Musk? Uh, I, I, I'd like Before you begin with Elon Musk, and yeah. I want to have the final conversation about AI. Elon Musk, I think, is going to be offering and is offering. I've been messing with Grok. I don't know if you know about Grok on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it's on Twitter now. It's actually at the bottom. You can, you can, you can hit the button. I don't know if it's alive yet or not. It is. It is live. It is. But we need competition to the biased left hard AI. And uh, uh, Elon Musk came out with this uh, 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 debacle with uh, Tesla as to his controlling interest of that corporation. Uh, he said we are an AI company, and we just happen to have these four wheeled things that get attached to it. Uh, we need a competitor to the open AI platform and a huge revolutionary technology that is hitting the world. That um, All the conservatives right now, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to say this. They think you're a bunch of dum-dums and they want to tell you, hey, AI is dangerous. Don't get near it. Why? Because they want to uh, manipulate your minds up to the election. They don't want you anywhere near it. They don't want you to see what the potential is for, for AI at all. They just want to tell you it's a scary thing. Stay away from it. And you people that don't know how to turn on your iPads, you blue hairs in tech in Kansas, go watch Fox news. You don't need AI. Uh, while the entire world is literally dealing with the equivalent of the invention of fire, the wheel and electricity, right? Yep. Yep. So what's going on with Elon, Elon Musk struggling? Well, let's just, let's try to sum this up. So Elon Musk, right, bought Twitter. Okay. He used a lot of his uh, money power that he'd accumulated at Tesla to do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when he did that, you know, the, the deep state, right. The operators behind the scenes were a little, you know, they didn't, they didn't want that deal to go through and he, he got it to go through. He takes over Twitter, cleans it up to some degree, renames it X, right. Gets this, you know, he's definitely made it more free speech. You know, we can question Elon Musk and it's right to do so, right? Definitely right to do so. What's his intent? Where's he going with all this stuff? That's fine. But he has opened up free speech on Twitter or X. And so we can't deny that. Well, since that happened, since he's really been opening the doors to all the, you know, the the so-called controversial, you know, uh, free speakers, they've been under attack, right? They go back and they show him on, you know, with Joe Rogan, you know, you know, smoking marijuana, right. You know, they show him doing this. And so he said, Hey, look, I need, I need a certain stake in Tesla to be effective here. And so he went back to court to battle for it. 
And so the Delaware court shut him down. Right. And they said, no, you're not getting the 55 billion. Right. So it decreased him. He's not the wealthiest guy in the world. Apparently now, you know, who knows how all that stuff works. But what I really want to point out is, you know, he's causing problems for them. Right. And the courts are, we're seeing the courts attack him like they attack so many, right? Yes. Like they're attacking Donald Trump, like they're attacking. And so we know that the courts aren't always on our side. We can't say they're not always against us, but we know that there's clearly a faction of them that are corrupt. And we're seeing that over and over and over again, right? So it's been corrupted. And that's what we're seeing with Elon Musk. And, you know, and I also wanted to throw in there, he also made headlines this week, his brain chip. And this is where it's right to question him, right? He's got this brain chip. The first brain chip was installed. And, you know, and and I don't know the results of it yet, but I know it did get the first one went in place. And right now the intent is good. The intent is to help people who are, you know, uh, physically disabled regain, you know, you know, activity in the lower limbs and other brain function. So right now the intent is good, right? And this might be a good thing, you know, for humanity and time. The question is, where are all these guys going with this stuff? Where's the technocratic crew going with all this stuff? And so that's why I wanted to throw him in there. He made headlines twice this week. Well, three times really. And so he's just, again, a controversial figure, always out there making things happen. You know, he's got his SpaceX, he's got Tesla, he's got X, he's, these guys all over the place. So we always have to keep an eye on him, but you know, cause he is a technocrat, you know, but we don't, we think he's one of the good guys or he's, he's awakening to, to come over to the good side for maybe the bad side. We, we don't know where this guy's at. So we're going to keep questioning him. I like to throw him in the news just cause people like to hear about it, but most importantly, these are significant things, this week, right? What's going to happen with Tesla? He's talking about moving his headquarters for Tesla down to Texas. Question is, is he going to be able to? I don't know if he's going to be able to because the courts have decided. I don't know if he's got the power to do it. Uh, that's that's exactly right. And listen, um, uh, it's uh, we're we're at four minutes at precisely nine o'clock over at uh, on LFA TV, uh, and I'm actually wanting everybody on the Pete Santilli show. Um, uh, channel. We have total combined 150,000 subscribers. Okay. hundred almost 150,000 subscribers. And I really want you to embrace the success. Let's put it this way. The, on the Peace Antilly show channel, we don't have all the content producers, God centered ones, right? Uh, Jeremy Harrell is leading this charge. We've been with him for years. Do you know the story about us coming uh, together with Jeremy Harrell? Do you know about that? No, tell me. I haven't heard it. Tw about 2015, I think he produced a song called uh, Build a Wall, right? And we loved the song, uh, 2015, 2016. It was early on. Uh, Hip-hop patriot, right? And he was producing great music. And um, we actually started playing it on the show and bringing him on. So we've always been an advocate of what he's done. He went on um, uh, a, a major network, did did great. He had a bus tour. We were following his work then, bringing him on the show. And then he decided um, uh, to, to put together this network, LFA TV, and the host from Roger Stone, Mike Crispy, Sean Farish, you know, Kevin. So, I mean, I don't want to exclude anybody. Uh, oh, uh, did you see the... Um, did you see Hannah, the 16 year old, um, Hannah Faulkner, who's on LFA TV? She's 16 years old. Did you see that segment I did during the marathon? I missed that segment. No. All right, folks, here's what we're going to do. Um, I really, really, really want you, if you're tuned in on LFA TV, we have just a couple minutes here. 
Um, I want you to go check out, uh, and maybe our mods will drop the link. You have to just go see that segment, that LFA TV segment. It was four or five hours, and it was epic. Hannah Faulkner, 16 years old, uh, probably the wisest young soul on planet Earth. I teamed her up with Lucky Basari. I called him up. He's also 16 years old. <laughs> and we're going to do this segment together uh, and we, as we wind down. Uh, call it, you know, beat up the boomer. I'm not a boomer, but they need to bash the boomers. Um, be, because these, these, these two young souls need to tell the older generation, hey, you've been sleeping uh, uh, at the wheel uh, and we need to get things right. But as we wind down here, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'm going to, I'm going to do a quick, I have to transition much better, but I'm going to cut over to LFA TV, um, here. And we're going to take a, 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 a break. It's just going to be a little bit more abrupt than it will be tomorrow. We're kind of, I just needed to make sure I get my timing just right. Uh, we're going to have more commentary. Stay tuned for Jeremy Harrell on LFA TV and each and every morning. Join us right here for Market Ultra uh, with Craig Winklewitz and I at Precisely Right Now. And ladies and gentlemen, back uh, how we transition from our LFA TV, um, uh, Zainara uh, over in our Locals channel. Um, heads up on the show. Heads up on the show would have been nice. I apologize. I mean, you know, come on, guys. Seriously. What we're doing is we're producing a show. It's a great thing. Our show is expanding. We're on LFA TV. We got a brand new show, two hours. Uh, I'm sorry to disturb your consumption pleasure, but it is a paid gig, right? We have a sponsor. Uh, we have a theme of our show with Market Ultra beginning at 7 a.m. in the morning. And the reason why I wanted to bring Craig on for our uh, viewers is at 7 a.m. We're going to be exclusively on LFA TV, Rumble is basically behind this effort uh, to have a morning show between seven and nine. It's a beautiful thing, okay? It is. If For our beloved supporters, um, what do you mean? If, am I staying on Locals? Are, is our feed on Locals? Is there, somebody said, are you, are you going to stay on Locals? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're on Locals. Yeah, yeah, you, Locals isn't going to be. You guys are going to get the best of both worlds. We're not leaving locals at all. As a matter of fact, the whole show was on locals, right? It, it, yeah, I, I nobody's leaving locals. No, certainly not. I, the reason why I wanted to come in um, uh, this morning and open up the show coming off of Market Ultra um, uh, is this is going to, we've been shooting for a February 1st launch on LFA TV and we got it off. We did. Um, we launched that. The Pete Santilli's show uh, channel will actually light up immediately following. So we get into regular Pete Santilli show stuff. But you're not going to be missing Pete Santilli. Just um, we will continue on from nine until shit, we'll go 18 hours every day. Like uh, Corinne said we were going to do. Right, <laughs> Deb? What do you think? She said <laughs> we should do this every day, she says. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, Craig, uh, do me a favor. I'm going to let you get back to work. I, I held you way, way, way over. OK, uh, this, ladies and gentlemen, is a beautiful thing. All right. If we moved your cheese, I'm sorry to the mice. But you okay? did. You just changed the yeah. time. 
A change of time is you're actually getting more because we're starting at 7 a.m., right? You just you have to go to LFA TV, go over there and subscribe to that. If you're on locals, stay right there and quit complaining. You're, gonna, you're not going to be disrupted. Your cheese won't move. Yeah, okay? so uh, it's really simple, y'all. Pete is doing a show exclusively on LFA TV starting at 7 a.m. Eastern mm -hmm. to 9 a.m. Eastern. He would love for you guys to join him over there. It is his ultra mar market show with Craig. Winklewitz, right? Market so, Ultra. Yes. Right? Market Ultra. Ultra you're Market. You're whatever. dyslexic. Yes. <laughs> and and then at nine o'clock, the, the, the Pete Santilli show time has changed to starting at nine o'clock. And we'll be with you guys then, right, for the Pete Santilli show. Two totally different shows. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, is that's that good? It. If you're on locals, all right, everyone's like, are you going to stay on locals? We've been on locals. Nothing's happened. We're right there. You're gonna, you <laughs> right. Know, you're actually going to see. It needs to be a smoother transition from Market Ultra. Yeah. Uh, uh, cutting off, because I have to, at exactly 9 o'clock, make sure that Jeremy Harrell's show kicks off, get off that stream. And then we're going to have a second Pete Santilli show only at 9 o'clock continuing on. If you're on locals, uh, folks, you've been through the whole thing. There is no transition. You're on locals. That's great. You get to stay with us all the way through. All right. Mm -hmm. So no video here. People are saying that doesn't apply to everybody. Refresh. There you go. Uh, pardon me for asking a question. Been a supporter for a few years. Yes. Absolutely. No, it's okay to ask a question. Yeah, you can ask a question. That's as a matter of fact, Zainera, uh, you don't apologize. The reason why we're here with Craig is to tell you what's happening. So just, just, yes, we appreciate you asking. I miss Pete's take on world events. Yeah, there we uh, go. Okay, wh what uh, did you miss during Market Ultra as to Pete's take? <laughs> it's the same thing, right? On world events. That's exactly what we're doing. So uh, welcome locals, everybody. Let's see. And Zanara, we appreciate your support over a long period of time. Absolutely. We love it. And this is actually part of your investment. You've invested in us and we're actually growing in a big, big way. Rumble is putting us on the front page. We have a sponsor. We're going to be on LFA TV. We've got actually a paid gig, which is great, right? That's a good thing, folks. All right. Craig. Yes. I thought it was a great inaugural episode because when yes, somebody clicks on it and says, what the heck is this? 7 a.m. LFA TV. They now know what they're going to be getting every morning at 7 a.m. Well, we've been working hard to put this together and we thank the whole, you know, Pete Santilli crowd, the locals crowd for being with us while we've been working through this and, and getting to this point. Um, so we appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hopefully we're able to bring you more content. You know, I know there's always changes a little uncomfortable, but. Um, Rumble, Rumble is the one. Rumble drove this thing. I mean, when I told them that we were gonna, we we're doing a financial show, and we had it parked off in the corner, and you and I were, and they're like, "Really?" We and they wanted us to go at the seven o'clock to you know to nine o'clock slot. Uh, LFA TV got excited about it because they wanted to expand their live streams. Rumble was pumped about it. They, so we're now. With Rumble executives putting us and promoting us to fill that seven to nine slot, that is a beautiful thing, folks. Okay. 
So if somebody moved your cheese, you know, uh, we're telling you why we had to do that, right? Uh, because that's the way I get it. Everybody gets into a routine and you're, you know, you, 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 we're just the, the, uh, we're creatures of habit. And that's why I wanted to come in this morning and open up the show by telling you what's going on. All right. It's a good, good thing. Yeah. We don't want to lose anybody. You know, somebody, we wanna... hold on one second. Somebody, why yeah. are people just popping off stuff? Like, well, they're not live. We're, we're live. Hello. Here we are. We're live. It is right. I think I'm still alive. Yeah. But there's people in uh local saying they're still not live. What's going on? My video. We're okay. Correct. All right. Fantastic. So yes, we are live. Okay. Craig. So for people you. who thank you, Craig, yeah. thank you. Yeah, for I wanted to say, Deb, you look great this morning. As oh, thank you. More vibrant than ever. So this marriage thing must be going pretty well. Right? It's going great. Okay, good. I love being married to Pete Santilli. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I love being married to Deb Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Craig. Um, so we're off and running tomorrow. Actually, later on this afternoon, we need to get back together. Um, we got to get back together, take care of some housekeeping items. Um, so on LFA TV, seven o'clock in the morning. Make sure you subscribe. We have to get together. We're going to put together a um, an announcement for for all of our Rumble subscribers. Seven a.m. to an end at LFA TV. If you want the entire session, stay on Locals. You're great. You get your morning our morning market ultra right, and then we transition to Deb Jordan and I at the nine o'clock hour. All right, Craig. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah. Thank you, Pete. Have a great day. Have a great day, everyone. Yep, yep. Have a great day, Thanks, everybody. Um, so, all right, what? Uh, I want to explain it again for people who are just popping in. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's what's happening. Pete is doing an exclusive show from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. We're going to be front page of Rumble. From, from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Front page of Rumble. And it's going to be LFA TV on the front page of Rumble. Right. right. And that show ends. We have changed the time of the Pete Santilli show. The Pete Santilli show now begins at 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. At 9 a.m. Eastern. Yes. On our Pete Santilli show. Officially and uh, formally. Uh, on our Pete Santilli show channel. Right. Um, it, it's really that simple. It's not really and as complicated as you all think. It's not. And people <laughs> on Locals haven't missed anything. Right. They're like, where are we going? What are we doing? What are we? Just stay put right there and we'll explain to you what's going on. So we're doing it's a different a, feel. We're doing yes. a two hour. The Peace and Tilly show is now two hours beginning at 9 a.m. Eastern. Okay. And so again, let's emphasize the this point. The, Everybody got an extra hour. 7 a.m. We're kicking off. 7 to 9 and then 9 to 12. I mean, 9, 9 to 11. Mm. That's a great thing. That's you get an extra hour, whereas our show used to be three hours, right? Is that that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. People are revolting almost. They're like, <laughs> they're oh my god, people. are you going to stay? I on understand local? their confusion. We didn't announce it. We did, but that's new. why we're announcing it. Yeah, <laughs> we just we did it like we do everything, just face first. You'll get used to it. We Two are. separate shows in the morning. Two separate. The the. Uh, Market Ultra has nothing to do with the P. Santilli show. It is a show on LFA. 
please go over and subscribe to LFA. Watch the morning show. And then we do our usual things There's starting at 9 a.m. about locals. Everyone's having a discussion and people are on top saying that we're not going to. Nothing will happen with locals at all. Nothing. It's going to stay put. You're going to be right there. If you're a locals subscriber, you got an extra hour of content and an extra hour of happiness mm. and an extra hour of beratement by me when you get started asking, you know, <laughs> questions about whether or not locals is going to go away. Right. It's not. It's not. It's not going away. It's not. As a matter if fact, you're if you're on locals, you'll get the you'll get the stream of both shows starting at seven a.m. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my God, thank thank goodness, only a chat room. If these people came to life, they'd probably freaking kill me and overthrow me. <laughs> right? So I hope everybody understands what's happening here. We will we will talk about it again throughout the show. So we Pete, geriatric. Geriatric senators push for big tech censorship. I made this comment and uh, right at the open of Market Ultra. It's our top news headline there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it's a big. Uh, it's, it's not big, our top news headline here. It is our big news headline here. <laughs> okay. I mean, I opened up Market oh Ultra with it as well. Okay. Because mm -hmm. imagine, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you take a look at it, like if we start talking about the markets, right? Yeah. And what, um, like the NASDAQ, for instance, what percentage of NASDAQ do you think big tech represents? Do you think there's a lot of money over there in the NASDAQ uh, from big tech? Let's say Apple, mm. Facebook. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine how big big tech is to the financial markets, right? right? Yeah. Uh, it's all being run by a bunch of people that want to sew penises on their forehead. Yeah. Well, you think I'm joking? No. These are sexual <laughs> deviant crazies at Facebook that are sitting mm. in cubicles creating a virtual reality for the purposes of sexualizing and abusing children. Well, and speaking of that. What? Yesterday, mm. uh, Josh Hawley, and they, you know, they had once again dragged Zuckerberg's butt into into in front of Congress. I really want to play a clip like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, they Josh Hawley uh told him to stand up and turn around and apologize to all the parents there that that their children had been exposed to all of this. Mm -hmm. And it, Zuckerberg actually did it and it, it's kind of an admittance to the fact that it did happen and it continues to happen on Facebook and they did nothing about it. They knew that it was happening, but it all seemed kind of bizarre to me. Do you know what I mean? Wasn't it bizarre? Yeah, I guess you have to watch the clip to understand and see to. what happened. So, yeah, but we're going to be playing that. Yeah. Uh, first, uh, all as a matter of fact, Craig is likely listening and while he's trading and working as well. All mm -hmm. right. I need to explain something that happened in the past 24 hours. I'm going to. I'm going to do it publicly because it was weird. Okay. It was. And you experienced uh -huh. this. But it, but there were some anomalies here. And I want to speak out about it. Um, last night after, I say last night, after the 18-hour marathon. Okay. I was fine, actually, through the marathon. I was feeling healthy. You didn't hear me say I wasn't feeling no, good, right? No, you nothing. had actually had a great day. I had nothing going on, by the way. And I didn't even tell you this. I didn't get a chance to tell you this. Things have been mm -hmm. pretty hectic. But um, did you know, like, I didn't have a situation where, 
you know, maybe I had a toothache or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Nothing. I had zero, nothing. I felt fine. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, 18 hour marathon. This is great. And I said, oh, you know, I got to go to sleep. And then I set my alarm out a little bit and I was going to, you know, be ready to go for the seven o'clock show. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was to get with Craig and I said, I'll just, you know, I'm not going to get up at two 30 and I'm going to bed at, you know, 1230. Right. Yeah. I said, I'll just push it out a little bit. So I set my alarm and I laid down and seconds lay down and within seconds. Right. Mm hmm. Oh, I said, oh, and I, and I, and I got, and I got up. Remember I got up and I started walking around. Started pacing. I started pacing and I went to get some ibuprofen because I felt like I had like a little headache or whatever, you know, over here. Right. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had a headache. Um, so I got ibuprofen and I said, I'm not going to be sleeping with a headache. So I went to get some ibuprofen. And I put my finger in my ear. You don't know some of these details, by the way, mm -hmm. because it felt like it was like uh, uh, I put my finger in my ear because it felt like I had like a little bit of pressure or whatever. It was a weird feeling. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it like like your ears are going to pop or something. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I pulled my finger out and there was this pain. Right. I'm like, OK, it's kind of weird. And I went back into the bedroom to lay down. And long story short, it got to the point where the pain, it was it starting to come on pretty heavy. It was excruciating. I said, whoa. And it's on the side of my head in my ear, right? Mm -hmm. Was it a toothache? I've been having toothaches, okay? Uh, and, and, and it might be a toothache. Everything that I'm about to describe to you might be a toothache. Mm -hmm. But here are the interesting anomalies. It became so excruciating, I could not lay down. I was not tired in any way, shape, or form. I was dealing with some pain. And Deb knows me. How many times the entire time that you've known me over the past 13 years uh, where I was, I was, you know, not dealing with pain well? I have a high pain threshold, don't mm -hmm. I? The only, t uh, the only other time I've seen this happen to you and uh, was when you literally had tooth pain and you had to go have some dental work done. You had to take a That was bad tooth off. pain, but not as bad as this. Right. Right. This was different. Yeah. This was different. different. I mean, you so, were pacing. So sure. here, here's the interesting anomaly, folks. So I'm pacing around in the bedroom, pacing, literally up, pacing around at uh, one o'clock in the morning. And I'm dealing with this pain. Mm -hmm. And what I ended up doing was I uh, was walking around the, uh, walking around our house and I went over to, uh, the other room and it went away, <laughs> literally went away. Mm -hmm. I think I laid my head down and I figured it was just weird because I felt some pressure and I laid my head down and it went away and I'm like, okay, cool. Whew, you know, maybe the ibuprofen is kicking in and then mm -hmm. it started to come back again heavy heavy really just ah, and then really excruciating pain again so i'm moving around i'm trying to find a spot it was weird i was turning my head to trying to find a spot to where it wasn't hurting as much anymore right mm -hmm. but i'm in the other room and it was so excruciating i got up again and started pacing and mm -hmm. ended up over in the bedroom and guess what happened ladies and gentlemen 
it went away again. I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, maybe I'll be fine now. Uh, by walking over there, walking around, I get back to the bedroom. So I'm going to lay down. So I'm laying down and I'm stirring, right? Mm-hmm. And it starts to come back. And it came back and it came back and it came back. It was the most excruciating pain I've ever felt. I literally broke my leg one time and it was flapping around like this. I broke my, broke my, uh, you know, both bones in my, my ankle mm-hmm. and it didn't feel as bad as that. Right. It was that, it was that bad. Mm-hmm. And I went back over. I probably went back and forth um, with the pain subsiding after I changed rooms. What, four or five times? Mm-hmm. How many times? Oh, at least that. Yeah. Uh, Then it got to the point to where I could not walk. And I was literally in almost a fetal position. Was it fetal? Who would you say? Yeah. I had to put my head. I was down like this and I'm in a fetal position. And Deb was really, really concerned. She goes, oh, you need to go to the dentist. I'm like, I don't know, but this is like tooth pain or whatever. This isn't the, uh, the crescendo, folks. It got to the point to where I almost dialed 911 because I couldn't walk. I was about to pass out. I had dot, white dots. You ever get to that point to where normally your pain threshold, excuse me, you get to the point where you don't feel the pain. You're numb, right? Because the pain just got so f- bad that your brain says, oh, we don't feel that anymore. You know, uh-huh. It's too much. Uh-huh. That didn't happen. I started to see white dots. And I became nauseous. And the, the, I still felt the pain. My brain wasn't shutting down. All right. Mm-hmm. So I was going to dial 911. She contacted um, uh, our board operator, we'll say, right? Mm-hmm. Who happens to be very close by. Um, and he came down. And I, I was going to go to the hospital. I had to go to the hospital. To get something. What was I calling for right before we decided to live? What was I saying? <laughs> he was out of it, but he was like, I don't know. Go give me some fentanyl. <laughs> I would have oh, literally, man. if, if, if I could get some street fentanyl, okay. And make the pain go away. I would have done it. I literally would have done it, but I was joking, you know, about it. Mm-hmm. So guess what happened folks? We ended up finally, uh, me going to, what time was it? Five o'clock in the morning. Well, about four o'clock. Four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm being driven to the hospital. Yeah, right? to the emergency room for to sure. To the emergency room, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the anomaly. You ready? As soon as I walked outside, the pain started going away. Yep. And I'm like, well, what's up with that? But I was still pain, but it was going away. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's weird. It's going away. What's started easing up, up to manageable, right? Yeah. I get in the, I get in the car. All right. Still got the pain, uh, but it's manageable. And we get one block away and guess what happened, folks? Zero. It went completely away. And, and it hasn't turned, come back. And I turned to Sean. I turned to Sean and I say, dude, we're going to the hospital. And he was amazed because I, I couldn't even turn my head. I said, I have no pain anymore. He goes, what? I said, I don't feel any pain at all. We're one block away. But, and and the, the hospital is a couple blocks away. We get to the hospital and we spent time in the parking lot on what I was not going to say to them. 
about what just happened. Because I said, Sean, I'm going into the emergency room. And what am I going to tell them? Mm. Because I don't even feel any pain anymore. What do I do? Make something up that two blocks away I felt pain, but here I don't. They'll be like, oh, do you hear voices too? Right? And I'm like, <laughs> if I go in there and tell them this crap, I'm not coming out. I know I'm laughing right now, but seriously, when you go to the emergency room or of any hospital, it's now a concern because we see how much yeah. power they have, oh, right? I had zero pain. I'm in the emergency room. Uh, first of all, I walked in there and smelled like poop. Okay. You did? Oh, I the emergency room did. Okay. At the emergency room, it smells <laughs> like did? poop. There's like four oh, people boy. in there, right? Yeah. And then I said, uh, Sean, I'll, I'll be back in a second. And I went in the bathroom to check my shoes because I mm -hmm. thought maybe I stepped on poop. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I check in with the lady at the front desk. I feel zero pain. I'm perfectly fine. And she said, oh, well, are you here to be seen? I said, yes. And she mm -hmm. goes, all right, go ahead and take a seat. It'll be a while. I'm like, okay. So I walked around a little bit. I don't wait for anything. I felt fine. And mm -hmm. I said, let's go. And I left. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And we're walking around out in the parking lot. I just figured maybe I'll stay here in case the pain comes back. Maybe it's premature. I'm getting mm -hmm. a little bit cocky. Mm -hmm. And I had zero pain. And I said, okay, um, Let's get back in the car and go back. And I felt nothing. And it was gone. And I, when I came back, did I have any pain? No. Zero. You were able to lay down and finally go to sleep. I came home, lay down, went to sleep. What time was it? Six. Uh-huh. I don't know. Right before I called Craig. About 5.30. I, I have to sleep. 5, 5.30. I said, I have to sleep. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I didn't do the show in the morning. At work now listening. So I don't know what happened. Um, I, I know that that's strange, infrequent pain. Yeah. I went to the dentist last year for a cleaning before I left for Maui. No pain. They found an abscess that could have killed me if I got on the plane. Mm -hmm. An abscess can kill you? Oh, yes. On a plane? Well, it can burst and go and the infection can go to your heart. It's. You have to be very careful with abscess. Yeah. Really? If it if it bursts, yeah. If absolutely. an abscess bursts, mm -hmm. then you die. You can. Oh, I don't want to die. Yeah. Of course you, not. You get a brain scan. Definitely targeted. All right. So is that not interesting? Very interesting. It, that's very interesting. Yeah, sepsis. That's right. F-A. Sepsis? A mechanic. Yep. Sepsis. Yeah, that infection goes in through your body, hits your heart, your vital organs. That's what sepsis is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that was anything close to that? I mean, that yeah. stuff doesn't the, go the away, does it? The only thing that I'm concerned about now is that the pain has gone away and this could have been uh, something in your inner ear and it, it, it could have burst and that's why you're not feeling any pain. It's like a, it's like a, uh, an appendicitis. Once that, once that burst, then the pressure's off and you don't feel the pain anymore. So you definitely need to go 
and get it checked out to see what happened and see what's going on with you, just in case. I, I don't just go get to, oh, yeah, go get checked out. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I want to go get checked yeah, out. Yeah, someplace where you feel a little bit more safe, you know, not an emergency room kind of situation. Just yeah. have somebody look at oh, a the, dentist. Oh, those people are freaking crazies. I mean, yeah. it's literally like I walk into a, uh, I remember back in the day, you walk into an emergency room if you need to be mm -hmm. taken care of, you know, like, oh, my goodness, thankfully, you know, I made it here, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, even with your loved one, thankfully, we're here. We're at the emergency room you know how i felt when i walked in there you probably feel very i'm threatened. like these people are freaking crazy and, yeah. and, and, uh -huh. and, and i'm at the insane asylum yeah i mean we've heard enough right yeah to to uh to make us all feel that way but um yep you're no, gonna no, you're gonna you're, be going to the dentist here and we are going to have it all checked out and they'll look at your ears and make sure everything's okay and so uh, right yes Ooh. yeah so yes. that's it. And boy, okay. he was in some pain, and we're not kidding. So that's yeah. what happened yesterday. And yeah. then uh, and then today we come in. Uh, Biden is going to name Dirty, Dirty John Podesta as the new climate czar. Did you know mm. that? Mm? Yes. yes. I know he is replacing John Kerry for whatever reason. I'm not sure. Uh, other than it is an election year. And they need John Podesta out there spirit cooking for everyone. Um, I I think I was a little bit surprised about that because John Kerry in the background has been, um, you know, he's been doing all of these whirlwind world tours, right? Uh, going to every country, flying here and there. I mean, jet setting in his private jet in a private jet. So... Um, I was a little bit surprised by that, you, Pete. I mean, John Podesta all of a sudden coming out of nowhere and being in a top position because climate change is in the in this year is going to take a big front seat in the um, in the election. Believe it or not, I mean it. It truly is, and that's where we have to be. Very, you guys are getting ready to see RFK Jr.'s true colors here. By the way. When that happens. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Zuckerberg, let me start with you. Did they I never hear do sorry. anything? That's okay. They never do anything without a reason. They allow John F. I mean, sorry, R.F. Kennedy Jr. to be in a position right now where he is going to be convincing a lot of folks that are anti-vaxxers that climate change, you know, somehow, some way. I promise you. I I promise you that he that this is going to happen. It is going to be a big deal, and they're going to start running on Trump. Remember when Trump came into office, he pulled back the power of the EPA. No longer were people like John uh, R.F. Kennedy Jr. allowed to sue and settle. They weren't allowed to do that anymore, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And guess what? As soon as Biden came into office, bam, the Sierra Club, which R.F. Kennedy Jr.'s grandfather um, helped to helped to found and RF Kennedy Jr. has received all kinds of awards from the Sierra Club. Okay. They sued the the government and they have won millions of dollars since Biden has been back in office, Pete. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying they're amping this up. We're not paying any attention. And RF Kennedy Jr. is right in the middle of that. That's right. And pretty soon we're gonna he's gonna start getting away from the vaccines. And he's going to start talking about climate change. I yep. promise you. He right. Is. 
I found yeah. that clip on uh, Holly. As a matter of fact, this is what we're going to do this morning. We're going to do uh, mm -hmm. some news perusal, if you don't mind. Can we? Yeah. Oh, Please. absolutely. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. Um, let's, um, let's go to that right now. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Zuckerberg, let me start with you. Did I hear you say in your opening statement that there's no link between mental health and social media use? Senator, what I said is I think it's important to look at the science. I know it's people widely talk about this as if that is something that's already been proven. And I think that the bulk of the scientific evidence does not support that. Well, really, let, let me just remind you of some of the science from your own company. Instagram studied the effect of your platform on teenagers. Let me just read you some quotes from the Wall Street Journal's report on this. Company researchers found that Instagram is harmful for a sizable percentage of teenagers, most notably teenage girls. Here's a quote from your own study. Quote, we make body image issues worse for one in three teen girls. Here's another quote. Teens blamed Instagram. This is your study for increases in the rate of anxiety and depression. This reaction was unprompted and consistent across all groups. That's your study. Senator, we try to under, understand the uh, the feedback and, and how people feel about the services. We can improve. Wait a minute. Your, own, study, your are... own study says that you make life worse for one in three teenage girls, you increase no, Senator, anxiety and depression. Says. That's what it says. And you're here testifying to us in public that there's no link. You've been doing this for years. Senator, for years, you've been coming in public and testifying under oath that there's absolutely no link. Your product is wonderful. The science is nascent, full speed ahead, while internally, you know full well your product is a disaster for teenagers. Senator, and yet you keep true. right on doing what you're doing. Right? That's not true. That's not true. Let me let me let me show you some other but facts. I, mean, I know you, that you're you familiar carry, with. You I, well, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Want, that's not I mean, a question. That's, that's, that's not, not a question. Internal... Those are facts, Mr. Zuckerberg. That's, that's not, not a question. That's, those aren't facts. Here, well, let me show you some more facts. Here are some. Here's some information from a whistleblower who came before the Senate, testified under oath in public. He worked for you. He's a senior executive. Here's what he showed he found when he studied your products. So, for example, this is girls between the ages of 13 and 15 years old. 37% of them reported that they had been exposed to nudity on the platform, unwanted, in the last seven days. 24% said that they had experienced unwanted sexual advances they'd been propositioned in the last seven days. 17% said they had encountered self-harm content pushed at them in the last seven days. Now, I know you're familiar with these stats because he sent you an email where he lined it all out. I mean, we've got a copy of it right here. My question is, who did you fire for this? Who got fired because of that? Senator, we study all of this because it's important and we want to improve our service. Well, you just told and me a second ago you studied it, but there was no linkage. Who Senator, did you fire? You, yeah, I said you mischaracterized. 37% of teenage girls between 13 and 15 were exposed to unwanted nudity in a week on Instagram. You knew about it. Who did you fire? Senator, this is why we're building all Who did you fire? Tools. Senator, that's, I don't think that that's... Who did you fire? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to answer that. Because um, <laughs> I mean, you didn't is, fire anybody, right? You didn't take Senator, any significant I, I action. It's, it's appropriate to talk about... It, it, like it's not appropriate. Decisions that put, Do you know who's sitting like behind you? You've got families from across the nation whose children are either severely harmed or gone, and you don't think it's appropriate to take a, talk about steps that you took? The fact that you didn't fire a I'm single person? To, Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Have you compensated any of the victims? 
Sorry? Have you compensated any of the victims? I These girls, have you compensated them? I don't believe so. You, why not? Don't you think they deserve some compensation for what your platform has done? Help Senator, with counseling services? Help with dealing with the issues that your your services cause? Our, our job is to make sure that we build tools to help keep people safe. Are you going to compensate them? Senator, our job and what we take seriously is making sure that we build industry-leading tools to find harmful to content, make money, take it off the services, uh, to make money, and to build tools that empower parents. So you didn't take any people. action. You didn't that's take any true, action. Senator. You didn't fire anybody. You haven't that's compensated a single not, victim. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? I, Would I, you like to do so now? Well, they're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. <laughs> Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? You know, why, Mr. Zuckerberg, why should your company not be sued for this? Why is it that you can claim you hide behind a liability shield? You can't be held accountable. Shouldn't you be held accountable personally? Will you take personal responsibility? Senator, I, I think I've already answered this. I mean, this is these well, try us again. Will you take personal responsibility? Senator, I view my job and the job of our company as building the best tools that we can to keep our community safe. Well, you're failing at that. To, well, Senator, we're doing an industry-leading effort. We build AI oh, tools nonsense. that- Your product is killing people. Will you personally commit to compensating the victims? You're a billionaire. Will you commit to compensating the victims? We've set up a compensation fund Senator, with your money. Senator, I think these are-, these are With your money. Senator, these are complicated yes, that, No, that, that's not a complicated I, I, question, though. That's Senator, a yes or no. Will you set up a victim's compensation fund with your money, the money you made on these families sitting behind you? Yes or no? Senator, I don't think that that's uh, my job. Is to sounds make sure like a no. Good tools. My, my sounds job like a is no. To make sure that your job is to be responsible for what your company has done. You've made billions of dollars on the people sitting behind them. Are you here? You've done nothing to help them. You've done nothing to compensate them. You've done nothing to put it right. You could do so here today, and you should. You should, Mr. Zuckerberg. Before my time expires, Mr. Chu, let me just ask you. Hmm. All right. Now, mm -hmm. let me describe. So, let me hold on one second. Mm -hmm. Hold your thought and don't forget about what you're about to say. Oh, I'm not. I'm going to add something to this. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. and, and OK, the the theatrical performances are awesome. Josh Hawley did a great, 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 great job. He did. Mm -hmm. Um n Nothing gets done in front of the cameras. Just want you to know that. Um, right. And it is known in the halls of Congress that the reason why they hold these hearings is to get you so emotionally charged up to push his campaign and to donate to him. They say that C-SPAN coverage in the public hearings, the entire reason why they do them is for fundraising. They, they've spoken of this the hall, mm -hmm. in the halls of Congress. Yeah. And this was the big debate with whether or not Hunter Biden should be questioned in public 
or questioned uh, behind closed doors with attorneys and under oath because they had to get to the task of legally having exposed to some of the things and have them address those issues. And it's boring to go through that legal process and to document it and to conduct a full, a thorough investigation. Mm -hmm. And that's why they wanted to get him behind closed doors because in the public realm, what you just witnessed is literally just a psyop to cause you to want to donate to Josh Hawley. And I would donate to him in a heartbeat because of that. And that's what the whole purpose of it. Let me tell you what he did not mention. He speaks of the harm that is done to children, but he doesn't speak of the specifics. They could easily, easily, easily show these rooms that are made in virtual reality. And they take people, kids from the, the the regular open virtual reality realm mm -hmm. and they recruit them and they mold them and they indoctrinate them and they lure them. Older men take small children into the very, very dark side of virtual reality. And it's disgusting. They take them to sadomasochist, you know, type virtual reality realms and they sexualize them. And they do very, very cruel, virtual reality styled sexual things. And it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. And it's been happening for many, many years on the dark web. He did not talk about that. Um, he right. didn't talk about the fact that you could have VR sex with young children. And he didn't talk about the fact that a lot of these pedophiles are designing this entire dark world that exists. And there are older men, they're pedophiles, and mm -hmm. they, they, they try to find young children. Um, they're not being killed, but they're being destroyed in their minds and their sexuality. Mm -hmm. And it's all being designed by a bunch of pedophiles sitting in cubicles in, in Northern California. He didn't talk about any of that. It is so dark and so disgusting. One time I was on Second Life, remember? I mean, I, I remember how shocked I was mm -hmm. that I went over there. They have these little sex shops and they have this thing. Oh, I'll never forget it. There, there was this, um, they, they, they have this thing about pooping on others. It's like a weird sexual fetish. Mm -hmm. And they have these cartoons that depict that. It's not like a cartoon cartoon. It's a, uh, a graphical image. Um, where they, they live out in a virtual reality setting, pooping on each other and, and performing these sexual acts, uh, at pixelated, that is. And they have children in there. And these programmers are designing these things to get kids off in the corner to do really, really terrible, terrible things to them. Mm -hmm. Josh, Josh Hawley is not going to talk about that because he won't be able to send you an email saying, look, at, I showed you these VR uh, pooping fetish mm -hmm. via, you know, the virtual reality pooping fetish stuff and, and kids are being lured into it. And they, when they do that, they get their, they want, they want to, uh, bring it to real life. He doesn't talk about that. Why doesn't he talk about that? Mm. Because that, that's probably one of the more. Because I think most people will not understand what's happening yeah. and, and they just, they just cannot comprehend it. They cannot believe that that goes on. But it's it does. disgusting. If you really want to see the fruits of 
Social media labor. They put these these kids, okay, in a mm -hmm. virtual reality thing and these mm -hmm. shackles chain them up against the wall and do sexual acts to them. Sure. Sadomasochistic acts in virtual reality. Oh, yeah. The programmers designed these sex dungeons and they mm -hmm. bring the kids into it and they're sitting in their rooms with their goggles on, right? Mm -hmm. or, or they're seeing it on their screen, right? Mm -hmm. And they're interacting with these people and they're hearing their voices and they're performing these sexual acts on these kids in a virtual reality setting. Mm -hmm. the, his programmers are literally developing these things. And they're, it's turning children very, very dark. But if yeah. you if you want to see the fruits of their labor, Pete, of social media mm -hmm. and the whole Internet experience, if you want to see the fruits, go to a city like Portland, Oregon is shocking. Uh, 14, 15 year olds have run away from home in, let's say, uh, small town, Ohio. They've run away from home. Mm. They have found their way to Portland, Oregon, mm. and they live on the streets and it, Portland, Oregon and, and California and uh, Portland, Oregon and in Washington, Seattle, Washington are probably the most popular places for kids for runaways. Now they live in the street under blue tarps. They eat garbage. They sit there and do drugs all day. These kids are being recruited into this uh, Antifa army that and, and they're promised all kinds of things. And they get out there and they get addicted to drugs and prostitution and they are stuck. They're stuck there. And that's the fruits of the labor of all of this. These kids are being recruited into uh, human trafficking. It's it's really terrifying. Yeah. But you can really see it in Portland. Every day as I was going, Pete, to see you in court or, um, to, you know, to visit you, uh, you know, there was this little couple and it was this boy and girl and they were teenagers. Mm. And every day I would, uh, you know, I got to know them. Right. And so every day I would make sure that they had something to eat. <laughs> I just kind of picked them as my project and I got to know them. And, and that's what they said that they came there, um, because they wanted to get, get away from boring you know, from mm. the boring town that they lived in and they came there together mm. and the girl, her teeth were all rotted out. Uh, her hair was matted together. It was in February of 2016. It was a pretty warm winter for Portland that year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they lived under a blue tarp and they begged and you could tell, and I would tell them, you know, if I would give them 20 bucks, I'd say, I know that you're not going to spend all of this on food, but please promise me you will get her something to eat today. Get her something to eat. And, yeah. you know, it's sad. It's so sad. Very sad. Um, 
Here's another sad state of affairs. Yesterday on LFA TV, we had uh, breaking news, and that was the James O'Keefe expose. It's a big thing going on there. Uh, when we come back from this break, by the way, everybody repeat after me, pete.bellagraceglobal.com, pete.bellagraceglobal.com. What, why Why is that so important? Bella Grace people are buying Bella Grace and benefiting from Bella Grace. We'll be back right after That's a short stuff. break. G'day, I'm Dr. Mark Miller for Bella Grace, and I'd like to have a chat with you about Bella Trim. Our comprehensive weight management product. Now, most people early on will register a reduction in cravings associated with Bellatrim. How does it do that? Well, it does it by changing the levels of hormones that are associated with either hunger or satiety. It lowers the levels of ghrelin, a hunger hormone, and it raises the levels of GLP-1, the satiety hormone. As a result of that rebalancing act, you have fewer cravings. Net result, fewer trips to the snack cabinet where you may eat something that you shouldn't. It's comprehensive, it does a lot more than that though. There is an absolutely fascinating action on a metabolic switch called AMP kinase, AMPK. AMPK is associated with the preferential burning of fat as a metabolic fuel. And as a result, you have a reduction in visceral fat and, and reduction in waist circumference. Does more than that. It also helps regulate blood glucose. Blood glucose is a huge factor in weight management. And it does that by optimizing the actions of insulin. It also affects blood lipids. It lowers LDL, lowers triglycerides, all of those bad cholesterols that you hear about, at the same time as raising the levels of HDL, the good cholesterol. In addition for cardiovascular health, it also helps normalize blood pressure. There's more to it than that though. It also improves your microbiome. We do that by several ways. One, there's an ingredient in there that stimulates greater diversity. And the other one is prebiotics, FOSS and GOSS, that help feed the good bacteria, gentrify your microbiome. So, Bella Trim, comprehensive, enjoy it. Cheers. Banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world, but in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out $2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks, and the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at 720-605-3900. Be sure to tell him Pete Santilli sent you. To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our MyPillow bed sheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are fine. 
finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. yesterday and that was the james o'keefe what well that's what there it is uh the james o'keefe release he was um so concerned he was told that you know he was going into the realm of actually putting his life on the line um and when that release hit um couple things i observed one thing you're going to notice when we talk about these sexual deviants that are in position of of influence. Um, I mean, this, this, this very freaking half man. Okay. If that lispy, sensitive pole smoking high level white house official sat down with James O'Keefe, this guy, these people rise to power because of their, you know, sexual deviancy, either, you know, having been, uh, um, abused themselves, you know, uh, or maybe they have leverage over others in the blackmail scheme. But these are are, are femtard metrosexual, you know, sexual deviants that run around climbing up the rungs of power through sexual blackmail and stuff like that. That's what the Jeffrey Epstein was all about. So this guy is, is just disgusting. But I said, just discussing in that regard, you get to just tell, you, you'll see what I mean here in a minute, mm-hmm. but guess what? He's a cybersecurity policy analyst and he's in charge of foreign affairs for the executive office of the president. All right. A yep. secondly, High he's up. way up there. Mm-hmm. Okay. in the highest rungs of power, uh, he's a, like a metrosexual sounding, whatever, right? That's an inference that, you know, you can make up your own mind as to what he is in that regard. Mm-hmm. But here's the bottom line. Is he's talking about like what classified information? I would assume it would be classified information with James with James O'Keefe. They all do. Have you noticed that? They're all they they all run their mouths. And this is what they do when nobody's looking. They're talking to their friends. For what reason? Yeah. Because he thinks he's going to have, what, male sex with James O'Keefe. Yeah. And he's so crazed and focused on that that he wants to impress his pre- his prey, right? Mm-hmm. His sexual prey with how powerful it is, he is and influential he is at mm-hmm. the White House. Yeah. But without further ado, here it is. Well, before we do that. Real quick, you guys will notice the only the only disguise that James O'Keefe used was a pair of thick glasses, black brim glasses, and and he bleached his hair out to red. That's it. 
and this guy had no idea who James O'Keefe was. I'm going to play this all the way through. Yep. It's remarkable. Yep. It really is. It's, it's a great piece of work. So you're, you're pretty high up in the government. Yeah, I'm fairly high up. I'm good at keeping secrets. And so I manage two federal agencies, the State Department and USAID. So when you say secu it's like security, like you're protecting... The networks of the federal agency. You give all your information to. The mission is to protect yes. information. We, sir, we, we are like the president's voice when we go into meetings in terms of discussing and, and promoting the president's priorities. Is he, is he going to be the, the nominee? Yes. And she will be the vice president nominee. Yeah, I don't... There was a debate about removing her from the ticket, but sadly we did. She can't keep on staff. They quit on her in mass. But with him... Yeah, you know, can I ask you something? I'm just mm -hmm. interrupting here. Uh, it's okay. If I stopped eating meat, would I start talking like that? <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, like, no, somebody needs to get this guy. Like, James oh, O'Keefe should have took him to a steak dinner and said, Yeah. Dude, seriously, you're a little bit loose in the cage. You need to eat this beef. Get your well, testosterone levels up. It looked like, it looked like they were eating, like, fried chicken or something. I'm well, not sure. Well, switch to, to, to uh, a full, like, as a matter of fact, he, he should do straight steak <laughs> i mean that, he's like i know i know typically when they serve you when you're served like that those are appetizers uh, and i don't think they got to the main course you know speaking of <laughs> earlier like the sexual fetishes and that uh, uh -huh. the, the, i mean the, the, the gay male sex smells like poop okay you just need to know that and when i watch this guy and i i know i just I could smell it. Oh. <laughs> oh, listen, they're poking each other in this. It, oh, I'm sorry. It smells like the Senate. I don't want to. I think it's I think it's also interesting. Gross about it. I think it. it's also interesting and worth pointing out that mm. all of these people mm. that James O'Keefe and OMG have been outing uh, have all been lately homosexuals. Right. Uh, I think the last two or three really big ones, including this one. All of them. That's how they you know, um, climbed it, up the pole, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> the pole. Mm -hmm. They skipped the ladder altogether. Mm -hmm. But but if but if everybody notices that, uh, you know, and look at all the trouble that the Biden administration has had so far, all the scandalous stuff. And including some. In what about the about the luggage chart? The the trans luggage stealer, uh, luggage thief. Sorry, luggage stealer. Lug, <laughs> luggage luggage stealing. Luggage stealing. Remember that guy? Yeah, he I was mean, at the highest levels of the Department of Energy. Yep. Super high security clearance stealing nuclear luggage. Yep. Yeah, he was stealing women's luggage because he knew uh, women who have high who put off the presence of having a higher profile. Right. Uh, money, smell of money. He would target them and steal their luggage because he knew that they would have designer clothes, women's designer clothes in that luggage. That's why he did it. And these people are insane. They're completely and totally mental. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. But for 
but for. But society's um, supposed to accept them. Well, you know. the reason, I mean, look, it, they would pick these people for the, for the aesthetics of it so that they could say that they are diverse and diversity. This is what it does. And, and it's, nobody's really talking all that much about it. You would think that this would be the number one tell all of how the system is working right now. They're hiring all of these transgenders, all of these, all of these homosexuals, and they all have mental illness major mental Ill- illnesses i mean and, and if somebody all. feels Not uncomfortable all, you know it's wild some people will say oh Pete, why do you have to be that inappropriate you know and say poop because when a man sticks his penis in, in another man's uh, poop receptacle you know it smells like poop. It's not a receptacle. Uh, you're right. <laughs> but you're not allowed to talk about that. We have to clean it well, up it's a little not bit. A, it's not a poop and receptacle. We call it, uh, yeah, they call it. It's div- a poop evacuator. They, they call it uh, diversity, <laughs> equity, and inclusion. That's yeah. what they call it. Uh, they, right? They don't call it what it is. It's a man sticking his penis in your poop ex- extricator. Well, I think right? I think most of these people function with a high IQ. They have high IQs. There's no doubt uh, about that, that they do. They score really high. But I think what's happening here is they're so um, energized to get that message. They've been so energized to get that message across and, and to shove it down everybody's throat uh, that they don't bother to do mental evals on these people. And it's so important. I don't think, how could they not be looking even, you know, bless his heart, George Santos, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you could say the same thing about conservatives who want to put that forward, that we are so inclusive and we're so accepting that they don't do their due diligence. And you know, when it comes to, putting people up as candidates or hiring people, you know, and George Santos, you know, I mean, is he gay? I would say so. I mean, he came, it came out that he was a, that, you know, he was transsexual, uh, dressed up like a woman, all of those things. Yeah. And I mean, all of the, even Trump has run into it. He had a pastor that was, um, you know, some, which state was it? Alabama, Mississippi, one of the Southern states, even the Southern pastor who was living a second life on the, on only fans. And he had, he dressed up like a woman an over, you know, overweight woman, uh, do all the makeup, the wig and everything. And, and I mean, <laughs> and we're just like, uh, can you vet every, we have a problem with mental illness. In this Do you country. see bike says you're still doing a four o'clock show? Yes. As a matter of fact, overall, uh, everybody, if you're over at locals, especially right, right now that I'm talking to you right now, uh, you get an extra hour of content. All right. If you're on our locals channel, you won't notice any transition from the, uh, Oh, transition appropriate word. You won't <laughs> notice any transition from the market ultra show into the Pete Santilli show. Right. It's going to be much smoother today. Yeah. We had to explain things to everybody and I appreciate it. Is I now are still around? I was, she thought I was picking on her. I wasn't picking on her. She's a long-term angel, uh, uh, investor mm-hmm. and supporter. Um, but let's go back to this thing. Sorry for the interruption. And, and since you mentioned it just real quick, 
This Pete Santilli show now starts on the Pete Santilli show channel at 9 a.m. On Rumble. On Rumble. The locals, no different. Uh, Mm -hmm. You guys are going to get above and beyond the call of duty, as Mm -hmm. they say, right? Yeah. All right. So we'll begin airing and streaming on the Pete Santilli show Mm -hmm. um, platform on Rumble at 9 a.m. Eastern. We'll be going from 9 a.m. Eastern to 11. So please join us. Yep. Right. And nothing has changed over on Frank's speech either. We'll be there from 8 a.m. to um, to 10. Yeah. Right. There we go. Mm hmm. to stop here because we have to talk about this Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of people who have been saying um that michelle obama was going to run and it is a i mean it is a big deal it's it it trends almost every day on all social media platforms the idea that michelle uh oh i almost said fiori that's funny that michelle obama uh is going to be running she has emphatically said no but i i gotta tell you guys something even though this guy says that obviously he's speaking of, he doesn't tell us the time frame to which he asked Michelle personally, if she was going to be running for president. Here's what I'm saying. Um, here's what I say. You can't take what that guy says to the bank because the uh, blackmail industrial complex has a huge hold on, on Michelle Obama and uh, they could destroy her. She will do what they tell her to do. She will do what they tell her to do. And you have to understand that, right? So I'm, uh, I mean, I hear what he says, but I'm still not going to um, peep where I'm just like completely drop the whole Michelle Obama running for president issue. I still think it's a possibility that they will do that. And that, you know, but, but she had, but to his credit, she has said many, 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 many times that she had no interest in running uh, for office, that office in particular. Like you're not going to get the vaccine and then you're going to go expose my family exactly. in the hospital. Exactly. Unlike vaccinated COVID. So you work in cybersecurity for the White House. And my, my question is, what are you doing on a meeting with James O'Keefe? What type of cybersecurity operation are you guys running up there? We're running a good cybersecurity operation. Obviously not.
clown show you guys running over at the White House. Videos like these will be brought to you in part by support with funding from the Citizen Journalism Foundation. Now you can make a tax-deductible donation to support Citizen Journalism Foundation's independent journalism. Please go to citizenjournalismfoundation.com to learn more. Charlie Crager. Uh, I do need to say something. I got to sink my hooks into this one. It's true. I'm not, uh, I mean, actually, uh, I want you guys to know this, that that I wanted James O'Keefe to lead the charge on the citizen journalism stuff. Mm -hmm. You know this, right? I mm -hmm. told him, I said, take yeah. it and run with it. You need to be the ambassador of the citizen journalism, you know, effort. He's done great work. He so, has. Am I claiming credit? I'm actually saying this. I'm honored that the idea that I discussed with him, with the Citizen Journalism School, right? Citizen Journalism Network. Mm -hmm. He has taken that and founded a Citizen, Citizen Journalism Foundation. And I'm honored that I was a, a part of that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, if I could have inspired him above and beyond. I mean, he's absolutely a He's a brilliant investigative journalist. Very brilliant. articulate. Yeah. yeah. So we love him. I was involved yeah. in that and, and spoke to James O'Keefe directly. And I said, I'm giving you this idea. I, I want you to permanently borrow it, right? <laughs> Steal yeah. it. Yeah, I don't want any credit or anything like that publicly, but, but it's the truth that that citizen journalism foundation, um, uh, early on, I had the discussions with him when he left project Veritas. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's great that he did it. And I'm going to be very supportive of it. And there I think we're going to see a lot of uh, the fruits of that labor. Uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of that throughout the election year. These people that are becoming citizen journalists uh, under his wings are in, um, I mean, they're learning right now. They're learning how to do what yeah. James O'Keefe is doing here. Look and at it's citizen, going to be amazing. Citizen Journalism Foundation. I mm -hmm. want to promote that. Okay. It it is it's been a passion of mine. Uh, I, I as a matter of fact, I didn't want to do it myself. I don't have time to, or the resources to do it. And uh, but but here it is. I want to promote this, however I can, because look at this journalism that he's presenting to the public right now. Mm -hmm. Look at this. Come to learn more. Charlie Crager is a cybersecurity policy analyst and foreign affairs desk officer in the executive office of the White House. He manages two federal agencies and for the last four years worked at the State Department. He works on the president's priorities, executive orders, is a high up official yes, and cybersecurity subject speed. matter expert. I met with him undercover on Sunday, January the 21st Pete. with my hair dyed, wearing fake eyeglasses. Not only did he not recognize me, he sang like a bird. His social media, which was scrubbed after my initial meeting with him, <laughs> says he likes long great. walks on the beach and diplomatic negotiations. I Cyber 
security and cyber, technically cyber intelligence. So like the like espionage and the spy game that cyber intelligence. You really are James Bond, aren't you? <laughs> you know, my, my grandmother, my grandmother likes to be like, he's a spy, he's a spy. My parents are like, you can't say that. Don't don't tell people, don't say people that. Don't say people. Yes. No. That makes you look a target. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. But um. Yeah. I mean, but no, I'm not a spy. I work the White House. So. I I do oversight and management, and so my job is to um, help oversee like responses to cyber incidents and cybersecurity problems. And so I manage two federal agencies: the State Department and USAID. So I I like have recurring meetings with them where we talk about goals and we talk about the president's priorities and like how are they coming on certain executive order deliverables and all this kind of stuff. Charlie says he's responsible for protecting the networks of the federal agencies. So when you say security, like you're protecting... The networks of the federal agency. You give all your information to so you're protecting the networks. Yes, and I, but I'm not like sitting there coding. Yeah. I'm meeting with like the senior level decision makers, and we're talking about problems. You're doing it at a senior them. level. Yeah. The so mission is to protect right. yes. information. That's very impressive. Thanks. Wow. That's cool. That's really cool, Mr. James Bond. <laughs> Charlie Crager, who works in the executive office of the White House, says he's the president's voice. And his mission is to protect networks, promote the president's priorities, work with the Security Council and other parts of the White House. We, sir, we, we are like the president's voice when we go into meetings in terms of discussing and, and promoting the president's priorities. Do like, you like the enforcer? Kind of, yeah. And the State Department people are more uh, difficult, high maintenance. And Why is that? They, they call me demanding. Why are they more high maintenance than the State Department? Uh, because the State Department has a big ego. So tell me about you. So you went to Rutgers. Yeah, I went to Rutgers. And what did you major in? Well, I majored in journalism. And I designed uh, brochures and pamphlets. I'm very good at that. I'm probably one of the best there is. I'm also very good at sales. Why do you think you're one of the best? 20 years of experience. Oh, okay. But what I do is not as interesting as what you do. That's okay. What you do is... Uh, you know, a movie, I guess, or something. <laughs> Charlie Crager, who works in the executive office of the White House, makes his politics crystal clear. And I, like, had several dates where people would be like, well, I don't think we should have to get the vaccine. And I'm like, like, you're not going to get the vaccine, and then you're going to go expose my family exactly. in the hospital. Exactly. You're unlike vaccinated COVID. Like, Charlie Crager, who works in the executive office of the White House, got to talking about President Joe Biden. I told him I love everything that Joe Biden does, but asked Charlie about Biden's mental fitness. I love everything that Biden is doing. I love his policies. I just, just seeing, just witnessing. It just looks, it's a bad look. I mean, he has struggles to talk. Yes, and yes, he's no Barack Obama. Is he, is he going to be the, the nominee? Yes. And she will be the vice president, not me. Yeah, I don't. There was a debate about removing her from the ticket, but sadly we didn't. Uh, I agree with everything Biden is doing. It's just his cognitive ability. Like I have yeah. a grandfather who has who's 91, okay. and Joe Biden is worse than my grandmother who has dementia. Yeah, you know he's sort of walking like this, and he's sort of like. You know what? Uh, I can also comment on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I know uh, James O'Keefe uh, is, you know, he's a heterosexual and he likes girls. I do know that. Oh, you yeah. see him in his videos and stuff. 
Oh, yeah. But he's acting kind of, you know, like <laughs> alluring. Well, sure. He's playing the he's role. Like, oh, he's a great actor. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It takes, it takes. Yeah, he's a, acting. This kind of guy kind the of last one that about he, that. The, huh? Actually, the last one that he did was a little more gay than this one. Yeah. Right. He was, he he's literally was speaking yeah. with the, the. I mean, just doing the whole phonics thing. <laughs> he had it really down pat. And remember on that one, he didn't use much of a disguise on that one either. So I don't know how long James O'Keefe is going to be able to get by with doing this. Probably not very long, but, uh, and it just goes to show and prove that it doesn't take much to fool somebody with a very high IQ. Why? Because they may have all the smarts in the world, but they have no common sense yeah and their divining no. rod is guiding them yeah absolutely right absolutely yeah you know and i think that voters are going to look at that and it's going to hurt us i, I think the independents are going to look at that and they're going to be like i can't do that but with him I yeah mean, i know i know he's got I know. dementia um yeah well tommy has a clinically yet no yeah um but he's definitely slowing down my question is all the people like your colleagues or the White House or whatever, do they get it? Do they know that? I think that they probably do, but no one in modern history has ever said, like, we're not going to renominate the president for a second term. Mm -hmm. That just hasn't happened. Do they know that he has those issues? I think so. They're not going to say it. says he's seen, in the executive office of the White House, people talking about how Kamala Harris hemorrhages black staff. Kamala is so unpopular, the New York Times did an article about how she hemorrhages black staff. She can't keep black staff. They quit on her in mass. She hemorrhages black staff? Yeah, there's a New York Times article about it. It went, like, people sent her out of the office and everyone was like, oh, Why don't shit. they like her? Then the subject came up about replacing Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. I think they need to get rid of him or get rid of Trump. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think they're going to do that. Then Charlie Krager, who works in the executive office of the White House, says he's heard his colleagues say they can't tell the truth to the American people about what's really going on. But they do say it behind closed doors at the White House. I think I think that they're really concerned about us. They, but they won't say it. Well, I guess if they say it publicly, Correct. Biden can't is, is uh, no, they can't say it publicly. No, no, they've got to, they got to they say the it privately? So they know it. They know it. Of course they do. But yeah. it's the optics and like the scandal, I think they feel wouldn't be worth it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just telling just, you what I've heard. Like, you're, just, yep. you're just telling me the truth. Does it make sense? No, but that's, mean, that's what I've heard. Charlie Quager says he's just telling us what he's heard in the executive office of the White House. I was, I had a meeting with Michelle Obama at one point when I was an intern, and someone asked her, will you ever run for office? And she said no, emphatically. Really? She said, I will never run for office. It doesn't interest me. I've seen how, like, she, she said a lot more eloquently, of course, than I'm going to say it, but she was like, I've seen all the shit in my 
husband has had to go through, and that does not interest me. I asked Charlie Kreger, who works in the executive office of the White House, how is it that a security official in the White House doesn't know he's on a meeting with James O'Keefe and would divulge such secret information to James O'Keefe. So you work in cybersecurity for the White House, and my my question is, what are you doing on a me meeting with James O'Keefe? And how do you think it looks to the American people that working in the office of cybersecurity, you're sitting across the table with James O'Keefe, okay. founder of Project Veritas? Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah, we do undercover investigations into people. What does it look like to the American? people that the cybersecurity specialist at the White House is sitting across from the founder of Project Veritas. What type of cybersecurity operation are you guys running over there? We're running a good cybersecurity operation. Well, obviously not, because you're meeting with me. Did you not do your research? What is this clown show you guys running over at the White House? Tune in tomorrow for the full reaction of Charlie Crager when I reveal who I am. What we have learned in OMG's undercover investigations into D.C. so far is that we have more problems in this country than the White House is willing to admit. Our high-ranking source, Charlie Crager, told us exactly what he has seen and heard that only a rare few have access to. With a vice president who causes hemorrhages within black staff, a president who has not yet been assessed for dementia, but people continue to talk about his ability to lead behind closed doors, and apparently Michelle Obama, who is not coming to the rescue, according to Charlie Crager. We are going to be keeping a watchful eye during the election season and would like for you to step forward and volunteer, get active, and get involved at OMG. So, wow. Melissa Noe said it best. This happens because they think they are invisible, right? Uh huh. They think that nobody sees them for who they are. There's a reason James O'Keefe targeted this person. And it's easy to do for people like James O'Keefe. And I'm sure all of his wonderful uh, media, uh, um, civilian journalists that are coming up, Pete, because these people go on the internet and they go into these dating apps, right? Mm -hmm. They go onto these dating apps and James O'Keefe has his staff scouring those every single day until they hit a target. And this guy is out there. He's, he's on a dating app or, uh, or something similar, right? Somewhere hidden, James O'Keefe knows this guy isn't invisible. They hit their target, they get him, and somebody like James O'Keefe comes in and he seduces this guy. And this guy is going to go on a date with somebody who's willing to do what? Have sex. That's what this is all about, right? They're and even women on dating, these women, they, they go into these dating apps, right? And um, they're blabbermouths. They want everybody to know who they are, but they think they're invisible because they're behind their computer. And you get them out from behind the computer and they run them out, their mouths. They do it on camera and it's beautiful. It's beautiful what James O'Keefe does. 
you know, and, and I think, you know, is that you would think that the word would get around that people need, if you're staffed at the white house, that you have to, that dating apps and things like that are banned. You, you have no, you have no life anymore. No dating life <laughs> like that anyway. And so, but that's what's happening here. They're, they're easy prey for, for somebody like James O'Keefe because he's got their number. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Literally. Yeah. 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 He does. I love what he's doing. I was just, uh, did you? um, I was just texting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. James I was. I, equals I'm not that. a honeypot. Uh, <laughs> it's true. He, he really is. Uh, and they get I mean, very- everybody needs to, uh, by the way, when I say, oh, I'm texting him, I mean, I've had, uh, I've had a relationship with them as follows. Let me tell you how we got started. It's not just bragging rights. You know who uh, Zach Voorhees is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know who Ivory Hecker is? Yeah, we supported, Ivory Hecker's, we supported the we effort. James O'Keefe, okay, said, yeah. I got these whistleblowers I'm working with. They're going to do these exposés in advance, mm-hmm. right? Hey, mm-hmm. and then when we, when we release, can you bring them out for an interview? We would literally be the first ones that would bring them out. Yep. Uh, as whistleblowers. Yeah, we were part of that circle. We were the first ones to bring all these Project Veritas Mm -hmm. whistleblowers to the show. I did the interviews. We promoted them. Then we got them support to their GoFundMes. Uh, And now they're like major, major, you know, on their own merit, of course. They're Mm -hmm. major, you know, whistleblowers and content producers. Ivory Hacker's over at uh, Gateway Pundit on their their show. I mean, Mm -hmm. we, you know, we started with her uh, when she was a, you know, she did that live broadcast where she basically told off the the big pharma, the 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 big pharma industrial complex. So it was great. So we've had a long-standing relationship with James O'Keefe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, so proud of him. He did great work. Is is what? And I'm not attaching to it. I'm just saying, he did great work. He's a great journalist. We've yes. invested in him, and look at what what he's doing for us. It's so, so you proud know, and in the conservative world where of journalism, where um, nobody is really, or we don't organize together. We don't come together very easily because we are a people who believe in the individual, mm. right? We believe in the individual. That is the bottom line, the core of our beliefs that mm. we are, are all individual, which is why, uh, conservatives uh, have a really hard time uh, organizing, right? <laughs> we all have a hard time organizing. Mm. And uh, let me tell you something. The just to be honest here, the in forthcoming the um, the conservative movement is a very not trusting kind of folks. The, you know what I'm saying, Pete? We you know, we tend to go after each other as hard as we go after the opposing side, right? It's, mm. it's in our nature to do that. And, and so people have a really hard time with that. They, you know, they're, they're like, oh my gosh, you're friends with so-and-so one day and the next day you're going after them, right? Um, we've tried really hard not to be those people, but guess what? Those kinds of people, but guess what? I mean, if we don't do it, they go after us. 
Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We've had so many people come after us. We're not very trusting. James O'Keefe is somebody that we trust. Um, you know, and 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 somebody said in the thread, uh, look, um, you know, James O'Keefe is just has turned this around and is using their own tactics against them. And I and I got to say, Vice kind of started out that way, right? But they would Vice would go after the left and the right in the beginning. They would. They did amazing work. Um, and then they got away from that and they just started going after people on the right. But um, you, you could you could say that James O'Keefe is using their own tactics to a small degree. Mm. I think what James O'Keefe is doing um, is is so unique. It's unique unto him. And what he's, I mean, look at all the people he gave a start to, uh, Laura Loomer being one of them. Laura Loomer started out with James O'Keefe. That's who she started out with. That's right. And now she's become her own powerhouse yep. doing her own thing. Guess who else started out with James O'Keefe? Who? Ann Vandersteel. Yes. A lot of people started out with James O'Keefe. And, and I think that what he is doing is unique and very set apart from what the left has ever done. They're not used to that. Mm-hmm. They just aren't used to it. And it, yep. it shows because he traps them so easily. Yeah. Right? Hey, let's go to uh, Ed Dowd. He's got a bombshell report here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, get, guess what it is. Um. Here's what he said. Uh, a UK excess debts uh, are up a staggering 22% among mm. one to 14 year olds mm-hmm. after magic juice was introduced. This is disgusting. Uh, disgusting. Uh, love Ed Dowd and his work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here we go. This is ages one through 14. Uh, in 2020, their excess deaths was minus 9%. In 20- uh, by, by the way, do you know Ed Dowd? is like a, like a big um, follower, fan of the Bundy protests. Yes. And the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge. Big. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. I, I hope all you guys saw my interview with him, with Ed Dowd. I played that, right? Yep. I believe yep. so. It's yep. out there, out on the circuit. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've become, um, I, actually, I'm very humbled because he's a great investigator. Yes. 2021, yeah. it was minus 7%. In 22, it went up to 16%. And in 2023, it's 22%. So, so it's 22, percent, 22% above baseline. Above baseline. And what's interesting about this is the excess deaths of the UK children actually went down during 2020 and and started to rise again in 2021 it's in my book we, we, we showed the rise started when the uh, magic juice started to be issued to children later in 21. what's interesting is yeah yeah you have to ask yourself well, why did it go down in 2020 what's the what's the, the biggest cause of accidental death for children uh it's accidental it's accidental it's it's, it's usually movement activities you know, falling into a pool, drowning. Well, there were lockdowns. So excess deaths went down during lockdown for children because of less activity. But sure enough, 
we've reopened. There's no pandemic, but now in 2023, UK children one through 14 appear to be seriously dying at an excess death rate of 22 percent. That's that's even higher than I thought. I don't know where I. I, I... That's the, that's the UK. It's, it's different in different countries. Okay. The UK has a problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have so much to say. I could literally spend an hour ranting about all this stuff. Um, sure. You know, I, I will say this, uh, and you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to speak to the specifics. Uh, mm-hmm. Ann Vandersale, one of the best investigative journalists. And again, she, is, she started great. out with um, James O'Keefe. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when she digs into something, okay, and there's big, big names and entities involved. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so uncomfortable to even have these discussions as to how not only has our society uh, been overthrown, our government been overthrown, our way of life been overthrown. Um, the like commercial entities, the ones that come in and like the conservative side, we're the truth tellers and truth mm-hmm. seekers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got these people that run among us. And what they do, uh, I call them uh, a- apex subverters. They, they find out who the influencers are. I'm going to just use, uh, I'm not going to use a name. I, just, I don't want to do that because it'll distract from the message. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say, oh, I'll use me. Okay. I'll use me. How about that? I won't be offended if I say this. Let's say uh, I'm an influencer and I got a show and everybody follows me and everybody knows, likes and trusts me. And I build this audience and people support me and they support who I recommend, which is which is true. Right. But they Mm -hmm. come in and they say, "Okay, well, we could, you know, create our own fictitious person and go out and build an audience. It's going to take too much time. Let's go after Benny Johnson. Okay, he's got a huge audience. And what we can do is have him just subtly, you know. Like talk about truths 90% of the time, but mm-hmm. he's, he's never going to talk about the 10% we don't want everyone to know about. So even among our circles, there's a lot of truth tellers out there. And yeah. I, I will, I mean, I have to say this, that, that there was an entity that had everybody off the rails talking about the machines and the voting fraud stuff. Mm-hmm. They had us. So focused on the machines. I mean, we're going after Dominion and, you know, and we just like fell into their trap. That was all actually pre-planned. They wanted everybody to start talking about Dominion and the machines. And then they brought these multi-billion dollar lawsuits, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it wasn't just the machines that is the election fraud. It's not just the machines. Oh, and to be clear, the machines the ballot, do have an issue. Ballot bot. Oh, they do. But all of them. But they had mm-hmm. everybody so focused and honed in. It's got to be just the machines. And, but they didn't want us looking at the uh, runback printing and accounting operation. They didn't want us to look at the technocracy that they use to see how many same day voters are mm-hmm. on the move to the voting precincts. Right. Uh, uh, well, uh, well, how do you keep track of that? There's technology that's, that's done to do that. So this is a, like an eight layer cake. Okay. And they have us focusing on only one layer, but mm-hmm. it's actually eight layers because it's multiple points of potential failure. Mm-hmm. If you have an eight layer cake and three of those layers fail, you got five left over. You can still get across the finish line. You got ballot boxes, ballot harvesting, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, you've got the, the technical aspects of it where they can real-time calculate how many same-day voters are on the move. They can let Runbeck know how many extra ballots they need, right? How many Trump ballots do we need to pull and replace it with Biden ballots? The deaths, okay, and, and, and you guys, the, 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 the telemedicine companies that have come up and gone, okay, Unfortunately, we were exposed to some stuff internally that just was not good for us. And then the U.S. Freedom Flyers organization, right, were helping the pilots. And they were attacked. And donations were diverted. And the legal cases were just blown, right? Mm-hmm. But we've got pilots that are dying, uh, dying or suffering serious injuries. Uh, mm-hmm. They're in flight. They're not getting FAA uh, attention, the regulatory, regulatory body's not doing it. Why? Why is that? Uh, it's all driven by big pharma. You can't, you know, have an alternate universe of people that are not taking the jab. They're, you know, right. So they suppress all of this data about the deaths. And where does that come from? You know, like Ed Dowd will be attacked because he's revealing that their super juice is killing one of 14 year olds. Uh, this stuff that you just saw, is not going to hit the mainstream media. Why is that? Mm. Because big pharma is going to make sure that it doesn't get there. Right? Yeah. Big pharma will make absolutely certain. All right, listen, let's, let's do, just do some, uh, in the remaining moments that we have here, let's do mm-hmm. some cool, some uh, news perusal. I want to take a look at the, uh, the news headline the right. lines. And then of course, all right, now remember everybody get into the routine. Get into the routine, sorry, CIA, mm-hmm. uh, get into the routine of knowing how we're going to operate. Number one, you get an extra hour of content, all right? And I got another show coming up, too. Uh, we'll be making that announcement. Um, I was told to produce one exclusively for a network that's going to be picking us up, mm-hmm. all right? <clears throat> yeah. um, so Market Ultra, uh, we do uh, you know, news headlines and how it impacts the markets. But 7 a.m., we come right out of the gates with a, uh, a financial show, right? Uh, that's Market Ultra. Um, on oh, LFA. On, on LFA, mm-hmm. right? It, it, here's LFA the difference. And local. You sure, won't local. be yeah. clicking, you know, our rumble button for because it's going to be exclusively on LFA, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and... That's going to take place uh, every single Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., right? And then if you're on locals, it'll go from 7 all the way through. You started out with us at 7 a.m. on locals. You'll be with us all the way through uh, on locals with, and that's behind the scenes. So you're not missing anything. I mean, people were confused, which is good. I mean, it's a good thing. You guys are so used to what we're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. we're actually improving upon it. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you know, Rumble is featuring us. This is a big thing for our show. Everybody should be cheering it on. And then people are like, well, you didn't tell us. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? How can you say I'm not it's telling you what it's I'm telling good. you? Huh? It's all good. No, but, but this is why I'm telling you, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a little bit different. Okay. And the mice get upset when you move their cheese. But it's all for, uh, it's all for good, all right? Yeah. Uh, let's let's uh, let's do some news perusal if we could. 
Let's and news it. perusal uh, means that I'm going to just pop to the news headlines and see what's going on. Let's take a look at uh, at Gateway Pundit. What's this? Who will be Donald's rum running mate? What does that say? Mm. Oh, President Trump is the Republican Party's nominee, of course. Uh, he swept sure. Iowa, right? Mm-hmm. Vivek Ramaswamy and Tim Scott, for example, are two names often flouted by conservative pundits for potential running mates. Um, we don't know. Might be Vivek. Uh, it might be. I don't think so. Mark Zuckerberg. Just kidding. <laughs> Definitely not. It better not be Lee Zeldin. It better not be Lee Zeldin. A lot of people are saying it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, who do you think it's going to be? Well, I mean, I at this point, I don't know. And and I'm not, you know, Trump has said it doesn't really matter very much to him <laughs> up until lately. Elise Stefanik, right? A lot of people are saying Elise Stefanik. I'm kind of hoping not. But, you know, but listen, um, my choice would uh, my choice would be Byron Donalds. I like Ben Carson. I think he's a little too soft spoken, but I like him. And he gets a lot done um, with with President Trump. They got, I mean, the the things that they got done for the black community were just unbelievable, right? And the black community still remembers that something was actually done to bring them up out of poverty instead of pushing them back down into it. Um, yeah, I mean, I love Ben Carson. I like Byron Donalds. He. Byron Donalds is, you know, he is the, he's the guy that's just, you know, loud and, and aggressive. And I think, you know, I would like to see Trump have somebody that is aggressive. Now, Sebastian Gorka is saying, yeah, my overall pick would be Clay Higgins. I think he would make a great vice president. I think he would shake it up. He would keep it shook up. And, and I just really, I agree with you guys. I, I like Clay Higgins a lot. I like him too. I think yeah. he would be a fantastic what vice about president. Rand, what about Rand Paul? No. No? No. Tired of Rand Paul. Just tired of him. You know, I'm tired of all these guys. I, I want new. So here's what's being said. Um, Sebastian Gorka is saying that President Trump has picked his his vice president. It's not a female, which I'm glad. I don't want a female for the sake of having a female. I think that is so ridiculous. Okay. And a lot of people are throwing the name out there. And every time I see it, I just want to go run for the bathroom and, and throw up Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, and I'm like, so ridiculous, man. If if he were to choose Tulsi Gabbard, I think I'd have a hard time voting for him as president. I mean, I don't even know if I could hold my nose into it because at Trump's age um, and I and believe it, I mean, I think he's healthy and I think he's going to be fine. But you never know. Right. Mm. And we we would be one heartbeat away from being from having a socialist president which is something he swore was never going to happen mm. in the United States of America. 
And yeah. and I'm just not even about Tulsi Gabbard. Hey, Sorry. We have. But no way. We're running short of time. Uh, yeah. I want to see this Mar Marsha Blackburn uh, mm -hmm. piece right here. I'm perusing. Senator from Tennessee. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you for to each of you for coming. And I know some of you had to be subpoenaed to get here. And but we do appreciate that you all are here. Mr. Chu, I want to come to you first. Uh, we've heard that you're looking at putting a headquarters in Nashville and likewise in Silicon Valley and Seattle. And what you're going to find probably is that the welcome mat is not going to be rolled out for you in Nashville like it would be in California. There are a lot of people in Tennessee that are very concerned about the way TikTok is basically building dossiers on our kids, the way they are building those on their virtual you, and also that that information is held in China, in Beijing, as you responded to Senator Blumenthal and I last year in reference to that question. And we also know that a major music label yesterday said they were pulling all of their content off your site because of your issues on payment, on artificial intelligence, and because of the negative impact on our kids' mental health. So we will see how that progresses. Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, I want to come to you. Uh, we have just had Senator Blumenthal and I, of course, have had some internal documents and emails that have come our way. One of the things that really concerned me is that you referred to your young users in terms of their lifetime value of being roughly $270 per teenager. And each of you should be looking at these kids. Their t-shirts they're wearing to say, today say, I'm worth more than $270. We've got some standing up in those t-shirts. Now, and some of the children from our state, some of the children, the parents that we have worked with, just to think whether it is Becca Schmidt, David Mollock, Sarah Flatt, and Lee Schott, would you say that life is only worth $270? What could possibly lead you? I mean, I listen to that. I know you're a dad. I'm a mom. I'm a grandmom. And how could you possibly even have that thought? It is astounding to me. And I think this is one of the reasons that um, states, 42 states are now suing you because of features that they consider to be addictive that you are pushing forward. And in the emails that we've got from 2021 that go from August to November, there is the staff plan that is being discussed in Antigone Davis, Nick Clegg, Cheryl Sandberg, Chris Cox, Alex Schultz, Adam Masseri are all on this chain of emails on the well-being plan. And then we get to one, Nick did email Mark for emphasis, to emphasize his support for the package, but it sounds like it lost out to various other pressures and priorities. 
See, this is what bothers us. Children are not your priority. Children are your product. Children you see as a way to make money. And children, protecting children in this virtual space, you made a conscious decision. Even though Nick Clegg and others we're going through the process of saying, this is what we do. The, these documents are really illuminating. And it just shows me that growing this business, expanding your revenue, what you were going to put on those quarterly filings, that was the priority. The children were not. It's very clear. Um, I want to talk with you about the pedophile ring because that came up oh. earlier and the Wall Street Journal reported on that. And one of the things that we found out was after that became evident, then you didn't take that content down. And it was content that showed that teens were for sale and were offering themselves to older men. And you didn't take it down because it didn't violate your community standards. Do you know how often a child is bought or sold for sex in this country? Every two minutes. Every two minutes, a child is bought or sold for sex. That's not my stat. That is a TBI stat. Now, finally, this content was taken down after a congressional staffer went to Meta's global head of safety. So would you please explain to me and to all these parents why explicit predatory content does not violate your platform's terms of service or your community standards? Sure, Senator. Let me try to address all of the things that you just said. It does violate our standards. We work very hard to take it down. Didn't take it down. We've well, we've reported. I mean, it's more than twenty-six million examples of this kind of content. Didn't take it down until a congressional staffer brought it, it up. It, it may be that in this case we made a mistake and missed something. I think you have, make a lot of mistakes. But we have, so let's we have move leading on. Teams that I want to talk with you about your Instagram creators program and about the push. We found out through these documents that you actually are pushing forward because you want to bring kids in early. You see these younger teenagers as valuable but an untapped audience, quoting from the emails, and suggesting teens are actually household influencers to bring their younger siblings into your platform, into Instagram. Now, how can you ensure that Instagram creators, your product, your program, does not facilitate illegal activities when you fail to remove content pertaining to the sale of minors? And it is happening once every two minutes in this country. 
um, I mean, Senator, our, our tools for identifying that kind of content are industry leading. That doesn't mean we're perfect. There are definitely issues that we have, but we continue Mr. to invest Zuckerberg, a ton it. I yes, think, there are I, a lot that is slipping through. It appears that you're trying to be the premier sex trafficking. Of course site not, Senator. In this uh, Senator, that's ridiculous. No, is it, it Senator, is not ridiculous. Uh, you want to turn around this, and tell these people. We don't want this content on our platforms. And we, why don't you take it down? We do take we it down. We are here discussing. We, we, do we more need work you to take all it down to than, work than, with than, us. Than, no, you're not. Uh, you are not. And the problem is we've been working on this. Senator Welch is over there. We've been working on this stuff for a decade. You have an army of lawyers and lobbyists that have fought us on this every step of the way. You work with NetChoice, the Cato Institute, Taxpayers Protection Alliance, and Chamber of Progress to actually fight our bipartisan legislation to keep kids safe online. So are you going to stop funding these groups? Are you going to stop lobbying against this and come to the table and work with us? Yes or no? Senator, we have a... Yes or no? Of course we'll work with you on, on the legislation. Okay, I mean, the it's, door it's is to... open. We've got all these bills. You need, you need to come to the table. Each and every one of you need to come to the table. And you need to... Oh, that's, that's pretty hard-heading. But again... Mm -hmm. um, Again, we're going to say that it's all for fundraising and theater. I would love to, I'd love her theatrical performance. I do. And I would donate money to her campaign. And I guess she's accomplished her desired result. But ultimately, what she doesn't talk about, all right, is even more disgusting and nefarious about who Zuckerberg is. And right. he actually thinks he's doing good for humanity. Like we're, we're trying to be leaders. We're trying to be the leaders of the leading edge of the leading. Yeah, no, you're you're literally destroying our society just by being a freaking femtard. Okay. So here's our message: get your children and your grandchildren off of the internet, off Facebook especially. Get them off of it. We'll be back right. at four on LFA TV. Bye, everybody. Big announcement coming uh, about uh, Brandon House and Patriot TV. You guys are going to hear about that. Big stuff coming there. And our show also, we're at, this announcement has now been made public, will be picked up on Patriot TV as well. Uh, you'll be hearing about that as well. So, yeah, extra hours. We're just going to keep broadcasting until we win. All right, you guys. I'll see you guys again in the morning at 9 a.m. on the Peace and Tilly Show. In the meantime, tune in to LFA this afternoon for p.m. Eastern for the Santilla Report. We'll see you then.